0: to episode 47 of oscar sunday i'm austin johnson i'm connor is and it's actually oscar sunday it's the 93rd academy awards are happening later today Uh, if you're listening on sunday hopefully you are getting kind of geared up for the biggest day of the year as it for for the oscars and of course uh, on this show this is the first academy awards that we've been able to kind of cover yeah you know and kind of kind of talk about because the show started in june of last year uh so you know this is our first kind of live reaction to what's going on, and I know on sneak preview tomorrow, we will be doing a sort of a recap of of the actual Oscars. But today, on Oscar Sunday, figured we'd have a little bit of fun. What do you think about that? You know, um, I think you and I have done so much legwork uh, to get to where we're at with all these episodes, forty-seven in now, and this is a culmination. In a way, of of a lot of watching, a lot of kind of evaluating, and I'll I'll let you kind of speak about your experience. Uh, bef- you know, after I explain exactly what this is, because I know you watched a shit ton of movies the past couple months uh, for this project. What we're gonna do today is a 2010s Best Picture swap, and what that what that entails is, uh, for example, we'll go to 2010. We're gonna, you know, discuss the nominees, discuss the winner. We're going to pick a movie that we would take out, and then a movie that is not nominated for Best Picture from that year and put it in. And then after that, we'll say what should have won, and we'll do that for every year from 2010 to 2019. <clears throat> uh, that'd be obviously last year, Parasite winning 2019 would be the, the that's that's the year we'll end with because we do not know what's going to happen today, and I, c- I can't wait. But <laughs> but uh, I, I'm you know I want to keep it to history here that's what we focus on on oscar sunday so connor how, how many movies do you think you watched the past couple of months for this
1: oh okay so when we when we first decided to do this little project i didn't think it would be fair if i hadn't seen all of these films evaluated them properly so i had some homework to do i between 2010 to 2019 there were 15 best picture nominees i had not watched so i fucking watched them <laughs> i found them yeah I rented them. I borrowed them. I bought them. I watched them. <laughs> yes, and yeah. I liked most of them. There were only a handful I did not enjoy, <laughs> but it was so uh, gratifying getting to you know kind of finish this puzzle and clear out a decade of Best Picture nominees for myself. That that felt very uh, rewarding in the end, and uh, capped it off with Les Mis. So went off went out with a bang. <laughs>
0: oh god fucking tom hooper jesus (laughs) yeah we're we're gonna talk about him for sure uh yeah man i i know because you borrowed some of the movies from me i know you were just on this this hunt you know i i only had a couple to see there wasn't a whole lot of work i had to do but i i was with you in the way in spirit because i rewatched a lot of movies from this past decade a lot of oscar-nominated movies a lot of films that um that I hadn't seen in a while, or maybe had only seen once. Uh, well, I'll, I'll definitely point out some of those that I have a whole different opinion on. And that's why we do what we do, right. <laughs> it's it's the, the power of rewatching and reevaluating and kind of sharing your thoughts on it. Um, with, with that being said, I, I, I want <clears throat> to just dive right in to 2010, the 83rd Academy Awards. This of course is when the King speech took home the big prize. Uh, for me, you know, I said Tom Hooper is going to be brought up. Here he is. <laughs> He's, um, you know, a guy who's famous for making a, some good films and then and then cats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, King's Speech is just a, a film I remember seeing in theaters and. I, I dug it, you know, for what it was, dug the experience, but I haven't, you know, gone back to revisit it very many times. And it's one of those best picture winners that I, I don't see as um as one that has, like, a momentum still.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. But it is a good movie. It tells a wholesome story about, you know, a time where England really had to pull together to make it out of this. You know, George VI didn't want to be king, didn't ask to be king, but his idiot brother, (laughs) his idiot Nazi sympathizer brother, Edward VII, wanted to marry a divorced American, and... (laughs) The crown was like, "The fuck you are," and he's like, "Oh, the fuck I am." Abdicated, and now this stuttering guy's like, "I'm in charge." Oh no, I like that movie.
0: No, I, I I like it. I just uh yeah, and you know you know you know where my my heart lies here. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you I'll let you start though. What what movie would you take out of this eighty third Academy Awards? best picture group
1: well now that i can confidently say i have seen all of these films
0: and yes, i can yes. make an
1: educated uh, choice here the film i would absolutely remove from this group is winter's bone yeah yeah that film was so dull and pointless and the rest of these films have something to offer
0: yeah yeah no i i i I have the same (laughs) my 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 takeout is the same as you um this is a this is a decent group of of films and there there really is I, i agree with you i think this is the the clear weak link uh it's it's fine jennifer lawrence is fine in it but it's not a best picture nominee type type film you know Hey, whether you care or not, you know, there just like comes some sort of expectation and it just doesn't meet them. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you on that one. What, what about, what film would you put into this group? That's not there. This is,
1: this is interesting. Cause I'm, I'm very excited to see where you went on these. Cause I'm, I, I think we went to some similar places a couple of times.
0: Uh, possibly. This, yeah.
1: With 2010, there were some solid films. Um, one particular film I think deserved this slot, and it's The
0: Town. Oh, good pick! Good, good pick. Up oh, for only, the best heist movies of all time. Yeah,
1: up for only one Oscar. Jeremy Renner, best supporting actor, did not win. Uh, should have been up for way more. I think it's it, an argument could be said that it's Ben Affleck's best film as a director. And it is. It, yeah, it's a bitchin' <laughs> heist film with a lot of heart. And you don't see that a lot. You don't see, you don't usually relate to the, to the to the thieves. And I like that. I like that this film kind of makes them a little, everybody a little gray. And they're all fantastic. I think that movie's like stellar. I don't know why it did not get more recognized.
0: Yeah, it's pure gold. Yeah, the town's great. That's a movie I thought about for sure. Uh, and it would be so cool if you took winter's bone out and you put that in, it just, the town just spices everything up, you know Uh, it's so dedicated to itself, you know, to its own genre, to its own craft, you know, Ben Affleck took that so seriously. And for that reason, the movie is like still so watchable today. You know, you just throw it on now and you're like, just get locked in. It's a fucking wild ride. Yeah. Good pick, man. Good pick. uh, (laughs) Good start the the film i chose is a you know a bit <clears throat> a bit of maybe in the same tone as winter's bone as far as just kind of a bit slow but uh, i went with blue valentine ah derek San francis 2010 you know romantic yeah just heavy heavy movie starring you know ryan gosling and michelle williams uh in particular, you know, those, those are the two people, right. That stand out and you just kind of take away these, in my opinion, kind of hall of fame performances. Michelle Williams was up. She was nominated that year. Ryan Gosling was not, but I, I really think blue Valentine has a lot more to offer. Of course, Derek St. France is a guy who's, you know, gone on to make place beyond the pines and then most recently helped work on a uh, dairy smarter's uh, sound of metal. So the guy's just a fucking superstar, in my opinion. And I love Blue Valentine. I definitely would love to have seen it in this group. But uh, is not what I think should have won. And I, I want to have that conversation as well. Now that we have Blue Valentine for me in the group and for you, the town, what film should have won at the 83rd Academy Awards?
1: Oh, boy. Um <laughs> This is a, this is a very good group, all solid films. And of course, you know, I have my own personal biases, but if we're talking best picture of 2010, a film that, you know, I've often said best picture represents the year. It represents the best that this year had to offer in cinema. And for me, that film is true grit.
0: Oh, whoa. What a
1: pick. (laughs) Jeff Bridges reunited with the Coen brothers for this epic Western tale and a film that holds up, I think better than anything in there. It's a fantastic rewatch full of heart, full of life lessons and fantastic performances. And I would have loved to have seen that walk away with best picture. 10 nominations walked away empty-handed.
0: Yeah. Shit happens. I mean, Chinatown, one of my, one of my favorite Academy award, winning movies of all time just got that one win off 11 nominations shit shit shit's annoying but it happens (laughs) uh yeah you know you know where i'm going here this one's this one's obvious maybe the most obvious out of all of them to be honest with you it's got to be social network uh this movie means so much to to culture people have kind of just latched onto it year by year by year more and more people are like holy shit this movie's awesome and you know i I'm of course biased towards Fincher, but this is, this is not my favorite movie of his, but it's, it could be his best, you know, this along with Zodiac, these are just, he, he's in a, he's in a totally different realm and you have what's really, really in play here is, is the, is the duo of him and Aaron Sorkin, right. Is, is that, (laughs) is when Sorkin, is working with a director because he's not, not the greatest director as we've seen. He's, he's good, but not the greatest when he's working with the guy as fucking cynical as fucking, you know, meaty and grimy as, as Fincher, as a filmmaker, as Fincher is just takes Sorkin to the next level, you know? And when you, when you get to have the walk and talk and all, all of these kind of Sorkin tricks within a Fincher world, it's just absolute dynamite. And I see it as one of the strongest movies of the decade. You know, I i have heard plenty of people say it is the best movie of the decade. Plenty of, you know, on plenty of lists. I think I had it somewhere in like six or seven on my list when we did that. Like, I don't know. What was that like a year and a half ago? <laughs> uh, I I love this movie. I find it to be Oscar worthy, but also a movie for the people where it's just fucking lightning entertainment or you know it's a two hour just beautiful piece of art that doesn't miss a beat and so I I firmly believe that that it should have won here True Grid is a great call I would have that in my top three for sure I also think uh, Toy Story 3 deserves a shout Um, capped off you know at the time not now but at the time capped off what we thought to be one of the most effective trilogies of all time and then, and then it goes ahead and throws a fourth in there, which is just as good as the rest. <laughs> and so, I, I really think that movie would be somewhere, yeah, in my top two or three, uh, uh, along with yeah, True Grit. And then I think Social Network is the is the dog that should have won.
1: I find it very interesting that we both went to our respective comfort zones with this one. You went straight to Fincher. I went to the Coen Brothers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. There's something to say about that for sure. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I would also like to shout out. Um, so for this, for my particular journey, for um, I watched for the first time, 127 Hours, Black Swan, The Kids Are Alright, and Winter's Bone. But I also rewatched Inception after 11 years of thinking about it, and yeah. I have not enjoyed that movie for 11 years. I watched it this time, fucking loved it. So, I love, you know, the importance of the second watch cannot be stressed enough. <laughs> in my
0: opinion. Oh, I totally agreed. Especially if you see a movie like Inception that has this cultural just like pop right when it comes out and it just gets, you know, it just has all this stuff around it. And then you, like you said, 11 years go by and, you know, you, you have a whole different look on Tom Hardy, a whole different look on Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. and all these different actors and actresses. So it's really cool to kind of be on that journey. Right. Uh, I, I definitely think a lot of these movies in particular in this group, you just have to rewatch them. <laughs> you, you just do. I think, I think black Swan is one of those. I, I love black Swan. I think it requires a couple watches to really kind of uh, reckon with it. Yeah. It's an interesting group. Yeah. I kind of, kind of knew where I was going. I had a feeling you were going true Grit, but I didn't, I didn't know for sure. Cause you also watched a lot of these for the first time. So, yeah. uh, that's, that's the power. That's the power of the game. Um, you want to move on to 2011? Why not? Let's do it, man. Uh, the artist took the, took the big prize here. And, uh, I remember watching these, uh, with my brother and a couple of his friends and we were just kind of like, what <laughs> 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 just, just real confused, you know, uh, at the time, it's still a part of me, you know, I, I like I had seen Moneyball in theaters and I was just kind of like, what? Like, <laughs> this is the perfect American movie, Moneyball. <laughs> you know, and it didn't make much sense in, to to an extent. Still doesn't make sense now. But uh, 2011, I, I, I'm really curious to hear what you would take out of this group. Uh, I know you feel strongly about some and then you like really don't like some. So let's hear it.
1: 2011. Uh, films I watched I'm going to do this the whole time The films I watched for the first time The Descendants Extremely loud and incredibly close The Tree of Life uh, yes. The rest okay. I have seen Oh
0: boy um, this, There are some it's, incredible uh, it's, it's coming isn't it Oh boy
1: <laughs> There Jesus, are some I
0: heard. <laughs> remarkable
1: films in this group But I absolutely fucking despise The Tree of Life
0: Oh I knew it yeah. Did you write a review for it? Did oh, you? I yeah. Did. I was, yeah, not I haven't tired. read it. I did not want to read it. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to, <laughs> they want to have my hopes and dreams shattered. What is it? A five, <laughs> four. Oh boy. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> Let's hear it. I,
1: Oh boy. How do I say this without hurting your feelings?
0: No, I, I, no, honestly, if you want me to say up before there's nothing you can say, because this movie gets completely shattered by people and letterboxed. if you like this movie do not get on letterbox do not go down the rabbit hole of reading the reviews because those people are not kind (laughs) so whatever you whatever you say i have i've heard it before there's nothing that can take away my love for this movie
1: (laughs) okay well i'm gonna do something i've i've never done before on any of these shows because i feel like the only way i can do this effectively is to actually straight up read my review
0: Oh boy. All right, here we go.
1: (laughs) Four out of 10. I've always known that Terrence Malick's films weren't going to be my cup of tea. Everything I've heard about him and his style of filmmaking screamed pretentious auteur. But I don't like chastising films and filmmakers before I actually see the work. So I watched The Tree of Life. And I can now accurately say Malick is a total ego stroker who thinks his films can answer the greatest questions of the universe. What a crock. This film is like a family guy joke about pompous, artsy films come to life. There's nothing of value to be found here if what you seek is entertainment, which I believe to be the cornerstone of moviemaking. Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain are pretty good for what they have to work with, which is virtually nothing. Just a stereotypical white bread 50s dad who angrily imparts life lessons on his future sociopath kids while 50s mom just stands aside and cries. Also, Sean Penn pops up a few times because this is a Malick film and he's contractually obligated to do so. The worst part is there's a great family drama trapped in Malick's grandiose vision. You can't use the origins of the universe and the birth of life on earth to explain why a dad in Waco beats his kids. And to claim that you can just makes me detest everything about you as an artist. The Tree of Life is a colossal waste of time for anyone who seeks to be entertained. Flashy images of space and time mean nothing if you can't back it up with substance. I'll never enjoy art films. They just reek of a filmmaker who is consistently up his own ass and unaware of it. The only redeeming quality of this film is the family drama that could have been And Pitt and Chastain's performances for what they were, but this is not my kind of movie.
0: (laughs) Well done, (laughs) brilliant, brilliant writing. I no, yeah, I kind of, kind of, kind of knew that was gonna happen. This is one of the movies you borrowed from me, huh? Yeah, Yeah,
1: I knew, (laughs) like for you know, for years, I was gonna hate this. I knew it,
0: and I was. Yeah, (laughs) I've watched this a handful of times. First time I watched it was around when it came out and I was bored very bored uh and then I watched it for a second time and like wept wept like a goddamn child when I watched it the second time and then now you know I I was one of the coolest gifts of all time my mom got it for me a criterion the one that you borrowed I love that case I love that I love owning that shout out to my mom for getting me that that was really cool Malik is one of my guys, and, and this is—he's him and you know—I would say him and Lynch are the two fundamental guys that we just totally differentiate on. We're just—we just we just, we just disagree. Yeah. And my favorite thing about those two guys is, especially the Tree of Life for Terrence Malik is there is no there is no um, something for me to back up on and like kind of, well, what about this? you know with um with a movie like social network you could have said no the story is shit and then i would have thrown stuff back at you no actually this is why i think the story is really good with the tree of life you you mentioned it multiple times in your review it's an art film it's not your cup of tea that's 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 what it is and for me it is my cup of tea it's like one of my safety movies like that one uh, there's, there's another one that, we'll, that I'll bring up later from 2017 that I'll, I'll save that one for later, but it's another like very much a comfort movie that I kind of just go to. Uh, Moonlight is that way for me, for sure. Uh, there's, there's some down this line that are kind of that way from this decade where I just, if it's on, I feel very, very comfortable and I feel very okay in my own skin sort of thing. Uh, kind of takes anxiety away. Uh, I love when movies do that, when you just are able to just kind of drop, uh, there will be blood does that for me big time. That's the PTA movie where I just kind of, there is nothing I'm thinking about except for this film, you know, and i love when that can happen. The tree of life is one of those. Uh, and so I understand that's, that's, I'm guessing there's not another movie that you have lower than four. (laughs) I'm guessing that's the one you would take out. Uh, can you guess which one I would take out? Knowing
1: you, I would guess extremely loud and incredibly close.
0: No, that one's okay. That one's okay. I think that one's decent. I think uh, there's one here that's just criminally overrated, and I think it's the help. Uh, the second guess. Yeah, this is this movie's just jibber jabber to me. It's not 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 much good. I think the performers are doing their best, but I I I do not like the uh, tone the tone of this one very much at all. So that one was kind of easy to me. I think war horse is. I think Warhorse horse is fine. I think extremely loud and close is fine. Um, he goes, he goes decent. And then I like the rest, you know? Uh, and then I, you know, there's a couple that I love, obviously tree of life, one of them, but yeah, the help was the one that I, I I've seen that recently too. And I just was not impressed and just kind of boring to me and kind of, kind of, kind of a weird tone.
1: Hmm. Fair enough. I get that. Uh, in regards to, you know, Malik, I just we're never gonna agree on that guy. I i I'm I'm okay
0: with I'm that. gonna keep trying. I'll keep trying. I think uh I think you got to you you gotta start with his small stuff with Badlands and Days of Heaven seventy stuff because it's so much shorter. The like Badlands is like an hour and a half, Days of Heaven's like an hour and forty. And they I, I think they are more story driven and more your style. Uh Tree of Life, Knight of Cups, you're just yeah, you know, it's just not your shit, man. It's just not.
1: It's like I'm eating a five-course meal that I don't want to eat, but you paid for it, so I have to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean, man. But hey, you're gonna do it eventually either way, right? I mean, you want to watch all the best picture nominees, and it, it was one. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs>
1: And I like that we can have that discourse, you know, you can love the guy. I can hate the guy and we can just still have the conversation. I like, I like that at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's all it's, it's all uh, subjective. There's nothing, you know, there, there's nothing like set in stone.
1: Have we found yet a filmmaker that I adore and you despise? I don't think so. We'll get there.
0: well, well, I mean, despise is strong, but I'm not a Tom Hooper fan, uh, if, if you are. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm a three out of four Tom Hooper fan. King's Speech, great. Lame is, I liked. Danish Girl, I liked. Cats, the fuck? <laughs> what yeah, happened?
0: Well, yeah, Yeah, not for, not for me. Yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to especially one of those in 2012. Um, mm. We'll talk about it a bit more. Uh, so, yeah, so you would take out Tree of Life. I'd take out The Help what would you put in that's uh, not in the group?
1: This was a no brainer for me. This is a film that I adore and I could not believe it it only received one nomination and the film is warrior. Oh, good pick.
0: I did not see that coming.
1: An epic brother versus brother struggle for acceptance and glory. And it is an amazing uh, drama featuring three incredible performances from Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton and Nick Nolte and underrated as hell. I don't think enough people know about that film. And I cry my eyes out every time I watch it. It's a family favorite in my family and
0: uh, it should be here. I like that. That's a, that's a cool pick. I, yeah. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do this fucking project. I love (laughs) shit like that. Uh, The town and warrior, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, of course, my tone is uh, a bit different here. I'm going with another wicked heavy drama. This time, out of Iran, uh, a separation. Mm-hmm. One best foreign language film of the year, and was nominated for best original screenplay. But you couldn't give it a best picture nomination. How how dare you? You know, you can you can sleep at night putting the help in there, but you can't put fucking a separation. One of the best romantic dramas of the whole decade. That's for sure that I've seen, you know, you, you know me, Connor, I, I, I fucking seek these out. Yeah. This is my, this is my game. I like faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this, this movie is fucking, if you're, if you're, if you're in for it and if you're in, uh, in the right, right mood, it's a like life altering kind of movie. Because the because simply because of when you love movies, when you tr- like really, really love movies and you watch them all the time and something like this, you're just kind of like waiting for it, but you don't know it, you know? And that's one of the best feelings in the world for a true cinephile, someone who really loves watching movies. And I know you're in that boat. And I think this movie in the right setting, I think will just kind of blow you away. Uh, yeah. With that being said, I also think it should have won uh, this best picture put it in the group also take the win a separation 2011 out of iran so yeah i I think that's just a fucking mistake that it's not there
1: yeah you you've been speaking about that one for quite some time now that's a a film i'm gonna have to just take a look at because i've heard nothing but amazing things about that from all sorts of areas and uh i know it's gonna be just fucking heart-wrenching <laughs> and uh, yeah it's it's tough tough as nails yeah yeah mm. um for me as far as the win um it's a it's close between moneyball and the descendants but i'm gonna have to give it to moneyball
0: mm. yes that's my second pick in this group too. moneyball just still a gem it's, yeah it's perfect
1: it's a it's a fantastic watch <laughs>
0: The Descendants, though you
1: really after the first watch. I, I fucking love Alexander Payne. I don't know what it is, but that guy is such a great dramedy writer. Every film I've seen of his, apart from Downsizing, has been wonderful, and especially The Descendants. Something about you know Clooney and him combined just make a very realistic dramedy that is half hilarious, half, uh, you know, sob story, and I. I enjoyed it very much. I, I found myself just like sucked into that one. And yeah. for a first time watch, that's always a treat.
0: Yeah, dude. Oh, and I knew I was waiting for I just imagine your reaction to when Robert Forster just fucking lays the smack down. You just you gotta love that heat check performance from him. And yeah, and Shailene Woodley's really good in it. That movie's the movie's strong. I, I like that one a lot. Speaking of Alexander Payne, I was just talking to my mom, I was saying, I really wish sideways would have won in 2004 over a million dollar baby. That would have been badass. <laughs> love I love that shit. I
1: want to revisit sideways. I've, I watched sideways years before I saw anything else by Alexander Payne. I just remember thinking this was really funny, but I didn't know why. And now mm-hmm. that I've seen the descendants in Nebraska, and now I can revisit sideways with a whole new light. And I, I know I'm going to like it even
0: more. Yeah, dude, that's, that's exactly right. You go into take one, Keep keep taking one at a time, one at a time. Then eventually, you you start understanding a filmmaker's whole language. Ah, so cool. So, Moneyball, Moneyball, and a Separation. I I love both of those. That's that's definitely my top two from that year. For that, I think should have won the award. Two thousand twelve. Moving right along here. This is a fascinating year. I there's a lot of movies that I really like that are not really here. In this, in this, you know, Best Picture group, so this was very difficult. But Argo won the Best Picture. This would be the 85th Academy Awards, and uh, you know, Argo's fine. Argo's good. It's entertaining. It's not the, not no, it's not amazing to me. But I've rewatched it. I've you know, kind of kind of had some conversations here and there about it. But uh, but uh, you know, you don't want that. Kind of that kind of feeling when you're talking About a best picture where you're just kind of like eh. Yeah it shouldn't be
1: you know That was all right it should be Mind bending And my biggest issue with Argo Is how you know the whitewashing And the the um, you know Cutting the Canadians out of the Credit and just like kind of me- Messing yeah. the sto- the true story up to fit To make America look like the hero It yeah. makes it fucking propaganda And I don't like that
0: Yeah uh, not Ben Affleck's best work. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no. But the film that he got mucho credit for. Uh, yeah. For me, my first watches on this one were Amor, Beast of the Southern Wild, Life of Pi, and Les Misérables.
0: Jesus, <laughs> Christ! <laughs> All heavy the strange ship. ones. Very yeah. heavy. All, uh, the strange ones of the bunch. Uh, yeah, man. Well, let's let's go ahead and dive in. What would you take out?
1: So there were two films here that did not resonate with me. uh, Amor and Beast of the Southern Wild. And Mm, it was really...
0: (laughs) Because I love those two. Not love, but I like like both of them.
1: Am I that predictable at this point?
0: So am I. (laughs) At least we both stay true to our character. At least, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) But I had to toss it up and honestly... Beast of the Southern Wild had less to offer, in my opinion. That film mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. fucking weird, and yeah, I was not expecting it to be like a fantasy drama, whatever the fuck it was. And I was, I was bored. I was confused. I was pissed at times, and I just was like, "Why is this here?" Amour yeah. was just boring. Uh, <laughs> really so well I'm- shot, though. Mm-hmm. Really well shot, though. It is. Oh, it's it's be- it looks beautiful and the performances are great, but he he's kind of a, like the husband's kind of a bad person. Oh, yeah. For yeah. The way he handles this situation. It's hard to relate to a guy who's just like, fuck it, I'm doing it my way. Like, it's just it's a rough movie to watch. And I feel like it didn't need to be as long as it was. It could have been trimmed down significantly. It was just, you know, filming hallways for the sake of filming hallways. And that's where we get into artsy territory. And I start, you know, (laughs) drifting away.
0: (laughs) Start, start, start looking at my phone and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And Life of
1: Pi, a very artistic film, did not do that. I was drawn into that film and stayed. So it's, I don't just hate artistic vision. I just don't. No,
0: no, I know that. Yeah. And Life of Pi. Oh, boy. Now, but within 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 that, it it always has. Backing it up, this just wild kind of playing field, of this 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 boy on this little boat with animal with animals, it's just f- fucking fascinating. You could kind of do anything with that, and I'll watch.
1: Also, does anybody have a more varied and creative resume than Ang Lee?
0: <laughs> That's I mean, such a. Yeah. That's a good conversation. Yeah.
1: The films he's done are so all over the map, but all like fantastic, you know, Crouching Tiger, Brokeback Mountain. Like he just doesn't stop. Life of Pi. Even like Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. I enjoyed that. Hulk. I didn't like, but it's there. (laughs) He did it. He did a superhero movie. Yeah. (laughs) you, You can't nail that guy down. It's he's, you know, you can't, pigeonhole that guy in any category he just does whatever he wants to do and I respect that
0: yeah same yeah the guy the guy's a legend as far as as far as we're concerned <laughs> uh so yeah so piece of the southern wild yeah I I see that it is pretty all over the place uh, I like that one though that one's, that one's just kind of interesting to me I would take out Lamb as a Rob um yeah oh, but I really boy. don't like Tom Hooper no i really don't king speech is solid but this this yeah lame as a rob not not for me danish girl is okay it's okay i don't know i i don't really ever think about these movies you know i don't really ever like oh tom hooper's filmography here we go (laughs) i don't i don't feel that way and i lame as a rob just looking at this group you know there's some movies i like uh but I I'm not really in love with this group of films as a whole. I think it desperately needs something to shake it up like desperately. And there's a movie that's just, just there, just sitting there. Maybe Paul Thomas Anderson's best movie ever. (laughs) The master it's there. Just put it in this group. It would make everything make sense. If you took out Lame as a Rob and you put <laughs> and you put in the Master, I, I just think it rounds out some of the stuff going on so nicely. I would have loved to see him and Tarantino in the same Best Picture group. That would be really special. And just frustrating as hell.
1: I knew you were going with the Master. I I nearly went there myself. But yeah, it it's a great movie. But I I was something else caught my eye, and I remember thinking like. Why didn't this, at the very least, get a screenplay nod? And then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what, this deserves the big prize. Seven Psychopaths.
0: Oh, I love that. Love that call. We just did In Bruges not too long ago. Yeah.
1: Martin McDonagh's second film, and one of the weirdest crime comedies I've ever seen, but a top-notch film about, really, at the heart of it, filmmaking. And Mm -hmm. how difficult it is. to. It's a film about writer's block, ultimately, just how hard it is to come up with a good story and you know, good stories are happening all around you. Uh, it's it's a it's a solid film. It's so funny, and I think it deserves a spot here.
0: I love that. I love that call. With that being said, what should win? Uh,
1: of this group, there's including the one I picked. There's one film here that is a ten to me, and that is Django Unchained. I think mm, yeah. that film okay. is so brilliant and unflinching in the way it depicts slavery in a way that most American films do not do. And you add that to like a solid screenplay and fantastic performances. And I, 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 would not, I mean, I, it's not like the Tarantino film that I think should win best picture, but I would, you know, I would have been cool with it.
0: Yeah. Well, that, and that's not, you know, as we both know, doing a lot of this research and looking at categories constantly, you just, you realize that, That's just not in the nature of the Oscars. They're not always going to be able to give out best picture to Pulp Fiction, you know, always, always like hit hit it right on the nose, you know, because there's other competition each year. And I see what you're saying here, like within this group, not thinking about Tarantino, oh, this is the only best picture win that a film of his has gotten. You're just looking at this group and which one is the best. Yeah. And for you, I, I I figured you'd go there, Django Unchained, I, and and you know you probably know for me, I would choose the one I chose is is the master. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's a damn 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 shame that that movie just kind of got missed. Philip Zimmer Hoffman and Joaquin and Amy Adams, all three doing doing pretty much some of their best work, all three of them, right. Yeah. I think this is the. I think this is the Oscar Joaquin Phoenix should have won, not Joker. I mm-hmm. think that's. I think. I think that's. I don't even think that's weird to think. No. Um, I. I think it's very clear Joaquin is doing some very very special stuff in The Master, and then of course the man himself Paul Thomas Anderson is kind of at the peak of his you know peak of his craft. Uh, just dominating kind of dominating exactly his own vision at that point has the ability to do these things with the camera and know that, uh, you know what, I'm probably not gonna make money off of this movie in the long run, but I'm going to do this because I put myself in the place to do it because of Boogie Nights, because of Magnolia, because of Punch Drunk Love and there will be blood you know, so on all that work he put in, you know, just sticking to his craft. He eventually just got to do one that was totally for himself and, you know, have this Lancaster Dodd character, like, you know, he's been wanting to do that his whole life. Right. <laughs> and I, I think, I think the master is of this year is the one that has, uh, impressed me the most as time has gone on. And so, yeah, I, I just, I think it should have won, but Django a great pick, great pick, crazy, crazy movie.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, mistakes in Oscar history is not at least nominating
0: Leo for his role as Calvin Candy. I mean that, yeah, yeah. Fuck. So that's a great that's that's a great point, right? Leo's got his nominations, got his win for the revenant, but it's like, is that really his best best work? Right here. You, you know, yeah. <laughs> that Calvin Candy uh, yeah. is a
1: scary motherfucker and Leo disappears. Like I don't see Leonardo DiCaprio in this film.
0: Yeah, yeah. My my favorite Leo performance is is last year. He should have beat Joaquin once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> He's fucking dynamite in that movie. I think we're just going to look back and be like, oh, shit. Was that the best thing Leo ever did? (laughs) Shit.
1: (laughs) In in regards to The Master, I think that, you know, that only got the three nominations for the three actors, right? Those were its only nominations.
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah.
1: I think that PTA pissed off the wrong people with that film, you know, doing a film that's like not too subtly about Scientology in Hollywood. That's going to upset some people. And I totally get why that film got shut out. Somebody lobbied hard to get that film ignored.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why it's so awesome. It's (laughs) a, it's totally, totally a guts, got citizen Kane vibes going on. You know, it's, it's a masterpiece. It's a fucking masterpiece is what it is. One one of the coolest movies from this year. And, and, you know, I, you said, you knew I was going to pick this, you know, I thought, I thought long, Long, long and hard about Francis Ha. Huh. Francis Ha is uh, a breathtaking kind of kind of film. And I could watch that one over and over and over. And I thought about it for a long time. But the master to me is just too too strong. Too strong of a film overall.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, it's uh, there's some good selections here. Seven Psychopaths is a film that is very dear to my heart because it's one of the films that like I would joke around with my friends in high school, and I almost got—I almost got in trouble for quoting it in class once. That was funny. I yelled, "Fuck the cops!" And a teacher happened to be walking by, and I did kind of explain myself out of trouble. So, Seven Psychopaths is very dear to me.
0: Oh, <laughs> That's so fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, man. I—I anytime you get to get to shout out, you know, what we what we just did. Like I said, episode forty-one in Bruges, we got to really dive into that movie. And yeah, and dive into Martin, Martin McDonough's, you know, kind of filmography. So yeah, anytime you get to bring that shit up and talk about it, please do. <laughs> it's good that. stuff. Uh, 2012. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting bunch there. I think, I think we both agree that, that Django's quite strong and that Civil uh, Langs Playbook had no business being in there. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> what do you think about that? I don't know if I, I like. I kind of like Silver Linings Playbook. I that's another family like favorite of mine. You know, my family loves it. We watch it every Thanksgiving, Easter, whatever, Christmas. I don't whatever holidays in that movie we watch it then. <laughs> no.
0: It's fine. I just it, I, when I watched it most recently, I was like, this is not a best picture movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's entertaining, but it's not. It's something I would just watch. Kind of like on TNT, it feels like not so much a Oscar Best Picture nominated movie. I don't know, but it's I fun. Got,
1: I got my own problems with David O.
0: Russell, and yeah, I, okay, that's that's exactly it. We're gonna we're about to bring him up again right here in 2013. Um, man, oh man, yeah, David O. Russell is exactly is exactly <laughs> the the thing about it that I'm not totally on board with. Yeah, he's a brick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think he's I think he's sloppy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: get why people keep working with him. Like he's got a reputation for just being a complete crazy son of a bitch. It's yeah. wild. I mean, Clooney had to sl- you know slam his ass to the ground so we'd stop harassing an extra.
0: <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, what a douche.
1: How has he not been canceled?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, Silver Linings I think is decent. I I like the way it it portrays mental illness as not you know something to avoid but just something to deal with.
0: Yeah. Like no. That. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of joking. I was seeing what you thought about it. <laughs> it's fine. There's there I, again. Lay Miz is the one I like the least. But in you know there, it's just a weird group. Weird ass group.
1: What is it about Lay Miz that you don't you don't care for?
0: Oh, I think it's. For the same reasons you don't like a lot of movies, I like it. I think it's too self indulgent, very long, like way too long. And some of the singing is fucking atrocious, it's like, like, like bad. And I, uh, I, I can't, I can't do that when it's a long, long ass musical and some of the singing isn't good. I get very frustrated.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, Yeah. I've been going through, you know, Oscar Sunday and seeing some of these films, you know, like, you know, hello, Dolly and whatnot. You're not a, you're not a musical guy.
0: No, it's gotta, yeah. It's gotta be very, very unique, very specific and very, you know, a Sweeney Todd, a Rocky Horror Picture Show, just something that very much uh, knows what it is. Yeah. And some of these kind of bigger adaptations into film, like, you know, you mentioned hello, Dolly, (laughs) they just, they just don't work for me, like as as pieces of entertainment because they're mostly just boring to me. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. I got, you know, I just watched Les Mis for the first time yesterday. So I'm not going to defend the film in the slightest. So yeah.
0: I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I I I um like I know some people who really, really dig it, including both my parents. They're very into musicals and very into this. They think they thought this movie was amazing. Yeah. And I get it. I get it, but for me, I just, just kind of, I just kind of check out. Uh, it is not something I want to just kind of throw on and rewatch, like like ever, you know. <laughs> that's and that, that's that's my biggest thing with Best Picture. I want the movie to last. I want it to be something people can hold on to. We just did uh, the American Beauty Best Picture showdown. You know, the seventy second Academy Awards. We just did that on episode forty five, and for like everything we talked about that involved like is around that movie. It still is a good movie. Like to this day, I like when that happens. We did The Apartment. We did Kramer vs. Kramer on the Best Picture Showdown. So those movies are still good. They still hold up. They still make sense. You know, they're still totally accessible and something I want to have on right now. Uh, and and that, that's kind of big for me with this category and this award. That makes total sense.
1: Yeah, that's a very, you know, longevity is super important to these to that film, especially the Best Picture winner. It has to be something that is significant to film history. It's not a throwaway prize. It's yeah, you know, a film has to be deserving, or else we're gonna keep talking about it in a negative light forever. You know, dances with wolves yes. crash. Like that just doesn't
0: it's never gonna stop. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, 2013. here we have a winner here. We got we got 12 years a slave, took home, took home the big prize at the 86th Academy Awards. Uh, 2013 fascinating year what would you take out of this group uh, and uh, obviously state what you saw for the first time if you did yeah my first
1: time watches here were dallas buyers club and nebraska
0: okay nice nice so, would you take one of those out oh, no i would not this is a good, very good. tough
1: year all of these films are fucking great and that's that sucks because i don't want to take out any of them <laughs> they're they're all great, but I had to go with something. There's something here that's just a little less great than the rest of them. And unfortunately, that is American
0: Hustle. Yeah. Okay. I don't like this movie. I, I own it and I've watched it like 15 times, but every time I'm, this isn't even good. This isn't even good. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing with my night watching American Hustle again? <laughs> I, I don't know. Amy Adams is good in it. She's fine. Bradley Cooper has no idea what the fuck he's doing the whole time. Christian Bale is giving it his all. But this movie falls so flat for me as the, what is it? It's sloppy as fuck. Doesn't know exactly what story wants to tell. Louis CK comes in with a heat check. Just like, what the hell was that? (laughs) Crazy, crazy movie that I just, uh, this is, this is the one I would take out for sure, man.
1: I, for me, it's just, I haven't wanted to go back and I don't remember it that well. American Hustle didn't, you know, it didn't yeah. stick. Uh, yeah, the rest of these films are, you know, unforgettable,
0: really. Uh, well, <laughs> let's see where Yeah, he- I know. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. You go down the line. And, I mean, you have Tom Hanks killing it. Matthew McConaughey killing it. Alfonso Cuaron in his element. You got one of Joaquin Phoenix's best performances ever. You got Alexander Payne back at it. Philomena, probably the most unique movie out of the group and the wolf of wall street a martin martin scorsese leo mashup yeah i mean this this group is really cool i i just think american hustle has no business being nominated for best picture no business like if this were if this were you know back in back before 2009 and you were just doing five like it just would get nowhere near to me the best five there's just no 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 way what what um what film outside of this group from 2013 would you put in?
1: If you had a million years and a million guesses, you never would have guessed this film
0: because I didn't even. Guess I it. love this.
1: I love this. I was looking through my letterbox, which has been fucking useful as hell for this project, by the way. Yes, it has. Uh, <laughs> and I was looking at films and nothing was really clicking. You know, everything was kind of like, yeah, it was good, but does it deserve to be here? And then I stumbled onto a film I remembered watching on Netflix a long time ago and thought, holy shit, I still think about this movie. And it is 2013's Blue Ruin. Whoa! Excellent choice!
0: <laughs> I love it. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's like a prototype Coen Brothers PTA movie, like, in you know, in training, about a homeless guy just trying to do right by his family. It's a remarkably fast-paced, quick film that is wildly unpredictable and haunting. And I I really think this deserved you know it's an indie film that deserves so much more attention.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So Blue Ruin, my selection.
0: Excellent choice, man. Oh wow. I did not think that I would be able to geek out on Jeremy Salnier for a couple minutes. The guy, my man, does Blue Ruin in Green Room, 2013, 2015. How, what the fuck do you want, you know, out of a, of a back-to-back uh, directorial efforts? Great pick. I had no idea you were gonna you're gonna bring this one up. Blue Ruin, like you said, is kind of a genre bender and kind of reminds you of all these different directors that Jeremy probably loves, just like we do. And that that is the shit. Uh, also. I'm backing up just more of what you said is the hour and a half runtime, just clean cut. Bam, bam, bam. It's just a movie, a movie's movie. Great pick. That is, that would spice up this bunch very nicely and anything to get American hustle out of there. So yeah, (laughs) I love that pick, man. That's really cool. I, I, for a second thought you were going to choose the same movie I chose because you said you watched on Netflix I also watched this movie that I'm putting in on Netflix. This is a movie that got totally shut out. Right. And I love that we can, we can bring films like that up. I think it's, I think it's, you know, one of my favorite things to do is find movies that don't have Oscar nominations. Cause there's so goddamn many, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is not, I, I think, I think is now, I think now is an, a, a popular opinion to think that, Ryan Coogler's Fruitvale Station is, is one of the strongest efforts from 2013. Uh, just a devastating, devastating movie. Also, totally on top of what it wants to do, right? It's a biography, a, you know, like a biopic about Oscar Grant in the last day of his life. And is shot like someone who has been running to filmmaking for ye- like years. It's like someone who is just on this hunt to make something that's going to last another, uh, uh, like blue run. It's an hour and 25 minutes, this movie, but it punches you harder than anything from 2013. An absolute must, right? An absolute must for uh Coogler fans for Michael B. Jordan fans. And then an absolute must for fucking, you know, people, so those films that kind of break the entertainment wall, and then being like, "Holy shit, you need to see this!" You know, this is important. There's important films for people to watch to to get an understanding of uh, to grasp situations. Right? Uh, amazing stuff for Michael B. He should have been up for Best Actor. Coogler should have been up for Best Director. This movie should be up for Best Picture.
1: Yeah can won't, won't argue with that. That's a that's a powerful film, and a great great selection for sure.
0: Hell yeah! What do you what do you have after putting Blue Ruin in? How what do you have winning from two thousand thirteen?
1: Hmm, this is tough. Um, Twelve Years a Slave is a great movie, but it is for me a one and done. I I have no interest in seeing this again simply because it is such a rough watch. Uh But does that, I don't know if that takes away from its, you know, its gravitas.
0: Its power. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'm trying to think like what here spoke to me the most. And I got to go with my gut and I have to give it to Philomena. Awesome pick. Take it away. Awesome pick. That movie was so, so upsetting. And it's, it's, I think one, I think it's Judy Dench's greatest performance. And mm. just a woman who had so much dark shit happen to her, but refuses to let it mess with her outlook on life to still remain upbeat and optimistic after all that. And, you know, finding the child that the, the uh, convent took away from you. I, it's a, it's a devastating story with an ending that just kicks you right in the fucking stomach. But there's this enduring sense of optimism that doesn't that like you can't escape that even though this happened she's gonna be all right that everything's gonna be all right because we can learn to love each other again. There's just it's it's a very it's it's like a palate cleanser almost. Mm. And I think it would have been really really sweet to see that win. But I totally understand why Twelve Years a Slave took that Oscar. There's no you know I'm not gonna argue against that. It's it's a great movie. yeah
0: yeah oh man yeah this is the one i out of the whole decade everything we're doing here this is the one i really thought about the most was this group which of these movies is last the longest you know american hustle no captain phillips pretty entertaining but no not a winner dallas buyers club eh not a winner gravity hmm hmm I like gravity her. Hmm. I like her. Nebraska really good, but also not a winner to me. Philomena. I see a lot of what you're saying. Wolf of wall street. Definitely not a winner to me. Mm. 12 years a slave is the right answer. I think that's I, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds. I think the Academy got it right. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I actually think this decade they do okay. They do okay. Yeah. There's. It's not the '80s. It's not as bad as the '80s. <laughs> um, <laughs> this Twelve Years a Slave. I hear you out on not wanting, not wanting or desiring to rewatch this, right? Because the stories It's it's a long movie that's just gonna kind <clears> of, <throat> kind of, kind of, kind of take over your whole day. I understand. That, I I also understand someone who's like I can't stop thinking about it though. Yeah. Anytime I see Lupita Nyong'o, I'm thinking of Patsy. Anytime I see Paul Dano, anytime I see, you know, whoever it is that pops up in this movie, Brad Pitt for fuck's sake pops up. You know, Michael Fassbender. It's just a crazy, crazy cast. And at the helm is 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 the man Steve McQueen, and a guy who's on the you know on the wave of writing, you know, making Hunger and Shame and then 12 Years a Slave. Those are his threats, his first three, you know, fucking feature-length films and just kind of knocks it out of the park right away and makes this, here's this British guy coming in and making this just fucking masterpiece American movie, you know? Absolute breathtaking stuff from from all sides performances directing some of the screenplay is just fucking ridiculously good and scary and, and this 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 movie even though it's not a one that you want to throw on all the time might not be as quote unquote entertaining as like American Hospital. it definitely packs a punch that you kind of remember so I think I think there's some validity to that especially when you're in a special group like this
1: yeah all good points I I agree I think what holds me back, it's a great movie, but just knowing the aftermath, like historically what happened to Solomon after 12 Years a Slave and how the movie really doesn't address that. Like this man did not have a happy ending of any kind, like within a few years of him getting back to his family, he vanished, like likely either, you know, killed by, you know, slave you know slave masters who hated that he got away or was kidnapped again like, who knows but the fact that that you know the movie
0: kind of avoids that i thought was a little dishonest yeah that's fair that's fair i think i think finding a way to end it with some hope after such a just muddy rough go of it is is nice because it, it reflects the small you know glimpse of hope that someone like his character has throughout, throughout this time, you know, uh, very, very tough though. I, I hear you. I hear you on that. But
1: by leaving out the, you know, the truthful ending that hope becomes false hope. And that's, yeah, if you don't know, anyone. yeah.
0: If you don't know the end, yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you don't have that prior knowledge, which I'm guessing most people don't when they're watching the movie, Fair then yeah, you don't know. Cause yeah, I think if like you and I we were watching it today, we know, this is kind of foreshadowing. It's just kind of, it's temporary hope until, and that would be, uh, I would have to be a whole nother movie.
1: Yeah. And there's just not enough known about him to make that movie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it is, it's a solid film. The performances are fantastic. The story is solid. And I, yeah, I won't argue against it getting best picture. I've just got my own, you know, minor hangups.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally fair. I think her, And Gravity are the two that are closest to me Choosing out of this group Uh, Just But Gravity is a little too I understand why someone just wouldn't like it at all You know And you don't really want a best picture to be not accessible To everybody Which is why I didn't vote for like a tree of life The tree of life Because that's not something everybody's going to enjoy And it's not (laughs) going to last like that But And I think her isn't like Not everybody's going to love that either So I, I don't know I think 12 Years a Slave is a movie If you watch it you get through it that one time, there's no way you're not going to be impacted in some way.
1: Gravity is great on the big screen for the first time. But after you know what's going to happen, the movie loses a lot of punch. Yeah. And, you know, the smaller the screen gets, the less, you know, extravagant it becomes. So I get why gravity's kind of faded away a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Dallas Buyers Club is the film I'd go to next, honestly. I thought that film was very well put together. Uh, I liked the story. I liked watching a watching a homophobe grow. I thought it was very rewarding. Watching him kind of realize that we all have worth and we're all fighting our own battles. Like it's good. It's good to be reminded that people can change.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like I like that movie. I I own that one. I've rewatched it a few times. It's 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 solid. It's solid. I definitely. Definitely like it being in this group. Same, same with Nebraska, man. Nebraska is solid as hell. I, I like that. It's in the group. Yeah, me too.
1: 2013 was a great year. It's like all those films for the most part are solid movies.
0: Hell yeah, man. Let's move on to the year of Birdman 2014. <laughs> uh, uh, awesome movie. I still, I still love Birdman. I think it's great.
1: <laughs> it's, it's wildly entertaining. It gets better every time I watch it.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I just kind of have a smile on my face. Michael Keaton's the fucking man. Um, What would you take out of this group?
1: So, this was the first Oscars where I actually started paying full attention. So, yes, I watched all the nominees prior to the show and was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet this, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus now because that 2014 is the year we that Caleb and I started filmgasm.com. Yes. So, all of these films are very rewarding in their own way, but I think American Sniper is dishonest and I'm gonna take that out.
0: Same, get that shit out of here that (laughs) noise what's up with movies with the first word american here american hustle american sniper clint eastwood dog one of your worst efforts my man this movie no good just just no business being here
1: well again it's fucking propaganda it's you know taking an american story and just pumping it full of red white and blue bullshit until we see nothing but the truth and, you know, it's, a, it's an obscured truth. And I don't like that. I don't like when we do that. And we do that all the fucking time.
0: Yeah. Garbage. Garbage. I, uh, it also is just a waste of Bradley Cooper, you know, like his talent. And I wish he was in something else, but he also, my, my, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. That's, that's, that's silly. And I do that too often because with that, we, we get a relationship between Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood. And I know that they. That Clint Eastwood had a heavy impact on him going out And being inspired to make A Star is Born So uh, to, to go ahead and kind of take that director's chair So I'll take that back a little bit But this movie is just not good
1: <laughs> Yeah, when I went to see it, it was a loaded house full of Texans
0: Well, yeah, we're in Texas, yeah, yeah And
1: I didn't know who Chris Kyle was So I had no loyalty to the man People wear t-shirts of him, yeah yeah. I thought the Punisher logo was, you know Oh, they're a fan of the comic book No, that's been no. like way the fuck I don't like that at all, but no, the more I learned about this man, the more I learned that this guy was unstable and bragging about some dark shit. And I don't think we should be glorifying him in a biopic that makes him look like Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah. American sniper. Like what the Why are, fuck? Why are we
1: celebrating that? That's a fucked <laughs> up brag.
0: Yeah. So with that being said, what, what, <laughs> What film from 2014, which is just a a year that you already spoke about being the year of filmgasm kind of coming to life. And then you and I, I believe is episode eight of Oscar Sunday, we did whiplash. So we kind of dove into 2014 and we were both just like, we're in love with this year. Yeah. We're in love with this one. So what, what would you what would you put in?
1: I would this was a no-brainer. This was the first film I wrote down. It's the film that finally made me kind of pay attention to the way I was writing reviews. And think about like, I should be saying more, you know, a paragraph is not enough. And so I, Caleb and I saw this in beautiful 35 millimeter and interstellar blew me away. (laughs) I think it's one of Nolan's best films. I think it's my favorite Matthew McConaughey performance uh, apart from the gentleman, which stands alone. And um, it's a beautiful movie, uh, very involved, but in a way that you can still follow it. Uh, I think it's a very human driven Sci-fi story and I love those And uh, Hans Zimmer's Score is fantastic the screenplay's solid Nolan's direction's on point and I Think it's fantastic so Interstellar should be here in my opinion
0: That's a great shout I, I knew you were going there yeah it's a massive Movie For for, for filmgasm as a whole and uh, One of Nolan's best for sure uh, Good shout Um of course mine's a, a, a bit different here <laughs> this is a this is a feisty feisty year and there's a couple films i that immediately jumped out to me uh one of them being gone girl david Fincher's awesome awesome movie and then nightcrawler which i think is also a very strong film but i wanted to wanted to bring something up for conversation's sake something that i think is a uh, just, just not here enough is is, is foreign movies, right? Uh, I talked about a separation, one best foreign language film for 2011. I wanted it to be in that best picture group. Uh, French movie directed by, written and directed by Celine Siama, *Girlhood* from 2014 is the film I would choose to put into this group. And I know that's really unrealistic, and that was never going to happen in 2014. Her third movie after *Water Lilies* and uh, *Tomboy*. But I think that's part of the problem with the Oscars is those kind of ideas we have of what an Oscar movie is. Those are the things I want to kind of, I would love to see torn down. Um, I, I think this year there's some predictability, like in, for the 93rd Academy Awards today, but there's also some films that are surprising that, that aren't typical Oscar movies, like Sound of Metal and Promising Young Woman. I like seeing that happen. Girlhood is a French film about a girl really just trying to find her way after kind of being defeated by her her environment, a few individuals in her life, but then she meets some individuals who inspire her and she becomes kind of a part of their group and I mean when you find when you find solace and you find fucking friendship and family there's no telling what where it will take you right? And what what lengths you're going to go to, and girlhood. As much as I love boyhood, I think girlhood just <laughs> does that just does that on like on a on a crazy crazy scale, and is my favorite movie by Siama. She also, of course, did the very well well received, well reviewed uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire from last year. So she's uh, a very talented filmmaker, and I I just I wish more movies like this foreign small whatever it may be we're just represented more you know and that's whether it's unrealistic or not that's just kind of why i want to do the project you know is to kind of shout out movies that i wish could break through that kind of barrier uh and and yeah this this movie is really special to me it's really 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 strong
1: you know i've heard you talk about a lot of different filmmakers over the past year a lot of people who you've discovered and the summer's coming up, which means I'm about to have a lot more free time. So I'm thinking maybe I might have you make me a list.
0: <laughs> ah, dangerous.
1: <laughs> Just so I can understand where you're coming from on all these guys. Because I, I would love to, to you know be able to say like, oh, yeah, I love that about this movie. So first, for conversation's sake,
0: I think I'll do that. Well, yeah, you, you know, these are, these are ones that I obviously feel intensely about. You've heard me bring up a separation, I'm sure, multiple times. It's one that I, it's kind of, to me, like a, a marriage story, like on steroids, you know?
1: Yeah. So
0: like you thought, you thought marriage story was tough. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> shit's shit's child's play compared to Asgard Farhadis, a separation from 2011. And that's, that's the shit that, uh, of course, I'll always try to uh, ask you to watch and see if you like. Yeah.
1: Well, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to kind of build up more of a, foreign film street cred as, as well and experience a lot more, you know, different cultures, cinema. And I'm doing a decent job, mostly through horror. Thank you, Licio Fulci. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I would like to, you know, check some of these films out and yeah, I think it's worth the, I think it's worth the effort.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Always, always. And you know, that's, that was pretty much why I kind of signed up for Criterion was to, to have some access to more foreign movies that are not just uh one genre but all but all genres and i've been very very grateful for that and Celine siama is yeah totally someone that i think you would dig certain aspects of her filmmaking same way you kind of i i kind of push you to watch more uh yorka slantinos you know you just find shit you like and find shit like dog tooth that's not as uh, a, <laughs> not as uh not as easy <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite guys for sure. Uh, wh- what what should have won this year? I've, maybe we're on the same page here. As much as
1: I love Birdman, this was Whiplash's award.
0: Yeah, yeah, come on. Not quite my tempo. For sure, Whiplash is, yeah, Whiplash is the best movie from
1: 2014. <laughs> Hands down. It's the film that's lasted the longest, the film I've revisited the most, and one of my favorite movies at this point.
0: Yeah, same. It's probably my top. Ten movies of all time top 20 somewhere in there i mean it really is up there the the, the isolated feeling you get you know with 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 the our character with miles teller just a really underrated performance at this point and of course we all know jk is just knocking it out of the fucking park as terrence so yeah i uh, whiplash is kind of i think one of the things that you and i figured out early on in our friendship oh yeah <laughs> you like Whiplash? I like Whiplash. We're gonna do it on Oscar Sunday. We did it. We did it early on because it was it was the first 2010s movie we did because we we're we're just kind of kind of big on it here here at Film Guys. <laughs> awesome movie. Yeah, that, that, that one's easy. Uh, <laughs> anything else on 2014?
1: Um, I really enjoy a lot of these films. I'd like to just kind of shine a little yeah. bit of spotlight on um, the theory of everything. Okay. Uh. There, I've seen that movie four times now. I've never not cried. Wow. Such a touching film. And Johan Johansson's score is what does mm. it for me. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Redmayne does an incredible job at Stephen Hawking. And just seeing that man's life and what he went through and what he accomplished is mind-bending and incredibly inspiring. I, I think that movie is uh, criminally underrated, and I, I adore it. Uh, Same with The Imitation Game. I I throw that right up there, too.
0: Yeah, well, if we'll be here all fucking day, if I start talking about Wes Anderson or Richard Linklater, (laughs) Boyhood or Grand Budapest Hotel. So let's move on to 2015. (laughs) Okay. I I really could. Those two, (laughs) those two movies are very strong. And I know you feel, feel delighted about Grand Budapest Hotel, but I could really go on forever about the two guys <laughs> 2015 spotlight wins. Just a spectacular movie. Awesome. Awesome stuff. This group. I, I, I like everything in here. There's to me, not really a weak link. I had to kind of narrow it down to a bottom two. And even that was very hard. And then I just flipped a coin. Uh, how did you go about taking one out of here? Cause this is so difficult
1: well the uh my first my last first time watch was room I the rest of mm. I had seen everything yeah um and that's a haunting
0: movie yeah, good uh, Lord but so good
1: so yeah i'm I'm on I'm with you I thought all of these films were good uh but one film I just didn't like a little bit or i I liked a little bit less and that's the big short ah interesting okay, okay. Yeah. I found that film very hard to follow because I don't have an economics degree and I don't understand how that works. (laughs) So I did not, I thought it was not very like translatable. I know they tried, but I was lost big time. And, you know, to put that in perspective, there was a film that came out in 2011 called margin call that Mm, had a mm. similar uh, story. And I was able to follow that. No problem. Margin call is
0: badass.
1: I really liked that movie, but big short, Despite you know, I love Adam McKay. I love Steve Carell, Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt. All these guys are fantastic, but the movie is really dull,
0: in my opinion. Hmm. Interesting. I I like The Big Short. I think it's I think it's okay. It was uh not one of the ones in the bottom two for me. The bottom two consisted of The Martian and the one I would take out is Bridge of Spies. Uh, there's there's no way I'm taking Brooklyn out. There's no way I'm taking Mad Max out. No way I'm taking Revenant or the room, or Room out. Uh, and Spotlight, I think, is fantastic. So it really was super hard. I think all of these are at least an eight for me um, as far as film guys and ratings go. All at least eight out of 10. Uh, but Bridge of Spies is the one I've kind of, I guess, thought about the least. I don't know. Um, this is tough, though. Really tough here to choose one.
1: Bridge of Spies, I get, you know, directed by Spielberg, written by the Coen brothers. It should have been a lot more uh, memorable.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think that's my main thing is I was, I probably had too high of expectations. But like you said, it's Spielberg and the Coins. So how can you have too high of expectations?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, in, I'm going in expecting a masterpiece here. Yeah.
0: And I get a good
1: movie. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, get and it. I, yeah. And fair enough. I'm big short. I, I, I get that. Um, 2015. What would you put in here? This is a, this is a very interesting year.
1: This is uh, this might seem a little predictable, but I don't care. I am who I am. <laughs> and, um,
0: inside out. Oh, that's not predictable. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't. I, I knew we've talked about that one. I knew you. Uh, I, I, I spoke about. I remember I saw that at a drive-in theater. Not that like a year ago when COVID first started. Uh, I didn't know you were that into it.
1: I fucking love it. Inside Out. That is one of Pixar's best films. I think it's one of the smart, maybe the smartest script they've ever produced. It's uh, the way they handle emotions, the way they show how a child goes through those, you know, developments mentally was so smart and so heartbreaking. And it stayed with me. I, I adored that movie.
0: Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. That is a wonderful pick. Yeah, and i I, I actually wrote it down crossed it out and I wrote down Sicario <laughs> oh fuck yeah I'm not gonna argue that uh, oh boy <laughs> um, Sicario might not even be my favorite Denis Villeneuve movie but it should be here in 2015 because it's one of the best 2015 <laughs> movies it's a uh, uh, yeah just a like a fucking like edge of your seat type movie like the whole way And I think this group, if you could add something to it to kind of rival with Mad Max, I think Sicario would be kind of a cool counterpoint to it. Um, Yeah, I didn't Denny Denny's the man he's as far as I'm concerned, the guy hasn't missed yet. And I cannot wait for Dune. But Sicario might be his best overall film.
1: See, I'm not I've, I've only seen Sicario and Arrival, so I don't have a lot to draw from
0: yet. Blade Runner, dog. Blade Runner, prisoners, enemy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
1: prisoners and enemy. I want to see Blade Runner. I'm hesitant because I'm not a
0: Blade Runner fan. Neither am I. I, but I love 2049. Blade Runner 1982 is is whatever. Is is kind of is fine. But Blade Runner 2049, yeah, Denny Denny just at the helm, way better movie.
1: Fair enough. But Sicario is such a cool movie and i hadn't you know i went in with no expectations on that one i didn't know who the hell denny villeneuve was i barely knew who emily blunt was and i w- walked away from that thinking like fuck that was cool and i i, I yeah it's it's fantastic I, I wish that had been there as well
0: yeah yeah man straight up and what what should have won at the 88th academy awards mm.
1: spotlight is a good movie but like 12 years a slave it's fucking hard to watch And yeah, I, that, that's important to me. A movie that like rewatchability is big for me. And I get why that one it's very significant, but I think this should have gone to the Revenant.
0: Fair enough. State your case. I
1: can't argue. That is one of the most gorgeous films I've ever seen. I, Alejandro had a hell of a two year back to back with Birdman and the Revenant. And this film is so perfect it's just like it's a tightly you know what's the term it's it's like a it's a swiss watch it's just everything has to work when it works and i i love it It, like it's his kubrick film Mm. and it's rewatchable as fuck it's so entertaining that all the performances are fantastic the ending is satisfying watching this dude go from getting ripped to shreds by a bear to like, nursing himself back to health is fucking crazy. And I love the long, you know, uninterrupted shots. And I, I just think it's the most well-constructed film of this bunch.
0: Yeah, I, I can't argue that, man. I think the strongest point of it is is Alejandro and Emmanuel Lubisky, who are the cinematographer. Those two guys did Birdman together, did The Revenant. We talked about Gravity. That's the cinematographer of Gravity working with Alfonso Cuarón. Also worked on Children of Men. Yeah, the guy is the guy is a fucking, you know, one of the best ever. He's on the same, you know, plateau as Deacons. Like the guy just knows exactly what he's doing. And I think the revenant right from the get-go, if you saw that movie in theaters, you just you know exactly what I'm talking about. You just see spears just flying from I mean, panorama view, you know, and you're you're you've never seen a, a, a you know a battle scene filmed quite quite this way. And it it very, very effective movie, and while it's not my favorite Leo performance, I, I am glad he got it. he has a win, and it's it is a good performance, that's for sure, very strong. But I just love so much of his other work. I, I um, I agree with the Academy on this one. Spotlight. You mentioned how I th- I think I'm just finding a key difference here. I, I've watched I've rewatched this movie so many times. I I don't know why that I find it to be just this place I can go to. I think every performance is so spot on, and every like bit of dialogue is hit right out of the park. That I I I am just simply watching amazing filmmaking, you know, and kind of craftsmanship. And so I I've, I've just sat and watched Spotlight many times, and I I think Mark Ruffalo is doing some of the best work he's ever done in that movie. I think Michael Keaton's doing some of the best work he's ever done in that movie. Rachel McAdams might be the best thing she's ever done. Awesome performance from her. Every Everyone's like locked in. You got real survivors in some of these scenes telling some of these stories. You got Stanley Tucci just fucking knocking it out of the park every time he's on the screen. Everyone's on board. Everyone's on the same page. And for that reason, I've been able to just kind of watch this over and over and i i i I think they got it right i think spotlight's a super strong movie uh but but i i can't argue against the revenant or or mad max for that matter
1: maybe maybe i need to watch it again maybe spotlight i liked it i just it's there's certain subject matters that i find very difficult to revisit just because i know it's 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 real it happened and it's mm-hmm. sick yes and i just knowing that in the end there really was no justice because nothing all they did was move those assholes to other parishes yeah and there's never been any you know it's the same problem with 12 years a slave it's just knowing that nothing changed like there is no optimism here like it's it's a rough watch for me but i you know that's just that's just me
0: yeah man you never you never know you know rewatching a movie can always change something or validate something. You just never know. And with spotlight for me, it's, it's something that, that I can talk about with my two older brothers. We're, we're all three big fans of it. We just kind of have this, like, we'll do some of the, some of the Boston accent, you spotlight, you know, like we all, that's something that I, that we do. It's a movie that we're very, very fond of. I, I saw this in theaters the same day <laughs> I did a, I did a double feature Fucking twenty-year-old me. The, this is where my mind was at. I saw a spotlight in room back to back at the Bijou uh, here in San here in San Antonio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, brutal, brutal day. Room is fantastic. Uh, awesome stuff from Brie Larson. Totally, totally cool with her winning that one. Yeah, this is this is a good year. Good year. Like we both said, we, it was tough to pick one to take out. Yeah. Uh and spotlight the one that won is a good movie.
1: God damn, double feature. I hope you got a milkshake afterwards or something happy that day.
0: This is what I you know me, man. I, I do this. This is like I inject inject it into my 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 mind, my body. Like I, I want to watch everything, whether it's dark or not. Uh yeah, which is why I fucking put Sicario in here. <laughs> Crazy dark movie. Um uh, 2016. Oh boy my dear dear moonlight the so winner we've actually like we've done this year
1: as a full uh, best picture showdown yeah so yeah we've talked we
0: talked about this one in depth <laughs> <laughs> yeah episode 35 uh yeah we did we went we went super in depth you uh, if you listen to the episode you know i have kind of a undying love for for moonlight I Think it's one of the strongest winners of all time so for for me, I would take out Lion. I'll get straight to it. Uh, I think it's really good, but I just have to pick one. Uh, this group, this group's strong.
1: I agree. This group is strong, apart from one film, and that is Arrival.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Not Manchester by the Sea. I thought you would take out Manchester.
1: Manchester has a. It's got a little something. It's got the performances.
0: Arrival. Oh, has Yeah. 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 To uh, a rival I like ah, long reasons <laughs> damn it <laughs> I love a rival I think it's I think it's wicked wicked interesting and Amy Adams is is awesome in it uh, reminds me a bit of a uh, interstellar <laughs> I'm just fucking with you <laughs> just to lump it in with sci-fi you know I'm not gonna do that no no I understand a rival has a strange pace.
1: It does, it's, it's just, I thought that the, um, the, uh, promotion, like the promoting of it, the trailers was very dishonest in the way it kind of hmm. built it up to look like more of a mystery, more of a thriller. And I, I was just bored out of my fucking skull. I thought it was like, I was waiting for something to happen and nothing ever happened. And I don't like when nothing happens,
0: at least Manchester yeah, by yeah. the
1: sea, something fucking happened
0: eventually. For sure. For sure. So, yeah, some things happen. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Oh, man. The rest of these films are great. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, um, you, you, like you said, you had seen all these for episode 35. We did all that. Yes. What would you, what would you add here out of 2016 that's not there already?
1: Oh, this is, uh, I'm interested to see what you think about this. Um, a film I went in with very low expectations and emerged thinking this this is going to get this guy's career back on track. And that is split.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Interesting call there. I, yeah, I did not see that coming. I think split is a
1: balls to the wall, terrifying movie that features maybe the greatest performance in 2010. Like maybe, you know, one of the greatest performances in film history by James McAvoy. I mean, 30-plus mm. different characters, all very distinct personalities. That is incredible. And he makes this film super in, super tense, super frightening, and brilliant. What happened? M. Night, like, comes out of the woodwork every 20 years or something to remind us he's a great filmmaker, and then he disappears again. <laughs> like, <I don't> <laughs> what happened? Like, we, get, we get a sixth sense. We get a signs. We get unbreakable we get split and then you know he fucks off but this yeah. film was so good and I will stand by it I think that McAvoy should have won best actor for this and I think it should have been up for picture and screenplay
0: I like it I like it a lot I to be honest with you I thought you were going to go Civil War here no 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 I love the Marvel movies none of them deserve to be up for best picture none of them none of them wow Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. I, I like I like that split call. That's really interesting. I yeah, I was totally thinking you were gonna introduce Marvel to us here on Oscar Sunday. Damn. Okay, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um so like you wouldn't put Silver Warren over Manchester by the sea? If I got two picks, maybe maybe, maybe. okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I just I, I love that game. I love just kind of seeing how far someone goes, right? Like what's the criteria for, for me? Uh, for me, I went with something that I, I, I think got, got missed. Someone who has gotten missed multiple times throughout his career. Jim Jarmusch, fucking awesome, awesome filmmaker. And I think Patterson from, 2016's, from 2016 is one of his best. Uh, probably my favorite Adam Driver role so far. Very subdued, very subtle. A very very patient performance from Adam Driver as Patterson. Uh, he's a plays a bus driver, and this movie got got quite a slow pace to it. But to me is is, is very entertaining in its uh, intricacies and its its uh, attention to detail. I, I, and Jim Jarmusch, you know, is is a guy who definitely does that. Is very very keen on you know. Getting, getting his vision exactly what he wants it to be. Uh, I, I re-watched this movie just to kind of make sure I was I, I was feeling the way I was feeling about it. And and I, I do, I feel stronger about it actually now after having watched it a second time. And then I also watched, uh, not too long ago, um, Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai, Jim Jarmusch, maybe my favorite Jim Jarmusch movie from 1999. Just fucking bonkers. And I love being able to pair those things together as you're kind of watching something for a podcast. You're like, oh, I'll go ahead and latch this onto it so I can get extra background info, extra knowledge, extra street cred. And Jarmusch is the man. And I wish he had more Academy love, Uh, but it also makes sense that a a filmmaker like him just wouldn't care. (laughs) Uh, Patterson's awesome. Yeah, should be there.
1: So sorry to deflate the mood here, but I've never
0: seen any Jarmusch. That's okay. That's okay. I think uh, Ghost Dog is the one you should start with cuz i think you're familiar with Forrest Whitaker right yeah watching him in this kind of one of a kind role from his career could also be a way of watching it not just i'm watching Jim Jarmusch you know i'm also watching Forrest Whitaker in probably his most unique role ever
1: <laughs> that's the one like my dad is a big fan of Ghost Dog um my uncle is a big fan of Dead Man he told me to check oh yeah
0: out. yeah uh yeah i think I, I like. Uh, I also like Broken Flowers. Stranger Than Paradise is is awesome. You know, it's nineteen eighty four. he would love that. Uh, but Patterson's, yeah, one of my favorite out of all of those.
1: Yeah, well, there's another. You know, there's more summer homework.
0: <laughs> Jim, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's a pretty dumb question on my part, but what what do you think should have won twenty sixteen? <laughs> um, La La Land. <laughs>
0: God damn it, Warren Beatty. Uh, <laughs> uh, moon, moonlight, you know. Yeah, I think they got. I think they got it right here. Yeah.
1: Of course. Uh, I think I made the back when we did the Moonlight episode. I think I made the case for Hacksaw Ridge, and I'm I'm gonna stand by that.
0: Yeah, you definitely definitely made the case for M- Melly Gibson, <laughs> the Hacksaw Ridge. Andrew Garfield, awesome performance inside that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we had a lot of fun going down those movies that year specifically. Right. Uh, I just think Moonlight is, is the one that personally, this, this isn't even, this might not be the case for most people. I just have gone back to it so many times for purely for comfort and to see, see amazing filmmaking you know it's like oh here's a here's a movie i know exactly what i'm getting which is awesome awesome stuff a guy who knows exactly what he wanted to do
1: yeah i got no beef whatsoever with moonlight it's a fantastic <laughs> film i'm glad it won best picture and uh
0: yeah so so we got we got there was a time there was a time when the the academy went 12 years a slave birdman spotlight and moonlight as winners all in a row pretty cool <laughs> Pretty cool, I would say. I would say they went on a run with a couple there that I'm not as big on, but then they came back around with with uh, Parasite, so all good. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, indeed. Anything else you want to talk about? Any of these other uh, nominees?
0: Hey, there's 2016 movies. Any uh, Hell or High Water, one of the coolest Texas movies. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think we you know could just guide our uh, listeners to episode 35 if you want to hear us talk about 2016 in detail. Down 20 good. 2017. Uh, Shape of Water takes the big prize home here. This group, uh, this group's okay. I think as a whole, it just—I think it's missing something desperately. Um, it wasn't that easy to take something out, but I also am just—I'm just kind of neutral on some of them. So, uh, which which one is the weakest link to you? Uh, this was easy for me. I uh, I was not a fan of Lady Bird. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, f- I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I've often spoke about my issues with of coming-of-age films and how I just don't find teenagers that interesting. I find most of them insufferable. And this was one of those cases where I'm just like, why, like, just just do the, just do what you're supposed to do. Like why are you being so like so difficult about all this shit? I just I was not relating to her at all. I was more like you know, just feeling bad for the mom having to deal with this shit. Which means I'm an old man now. <laughs> so, so
0: fair enough. Fair fair enough. I I like Lady Bird. I wouldn't take Lady Bird out. I like that one. It's not it's not the best by any means out of this group, but it's but it's a, I think it's a decent decent flick and it's quite entertaining it has got and i think like 10 years from now i think lady bird's gonna be fascinating because you got lucas hedges timothy chalamet saoirse ronan all these cats in the same movie and they are obviously on their way to just superstardom if they're not already there uh the movie i would take out is is a timothy chalamet's horse over uh call me by Your name really yeah this one just doesn't work for me uh very well i think it's I think it's quite, quite dull. I know it's kind of seems interesting to hear me say that <laughs> about some of the movies I like, but I, th- I think Call Me By Your Name is trying to say some stuff that doesn't really know how to, uh, m- mostly just didn't know exactly what kind of story I was watching uh, when it ended. And I either want to know what story I'm watching or to be thrown into an abyss and have no idea what's happening. So, so call me by your name kind of slips in the middle of that. And I, I I'm usually not in the middle. I, I either want off the rails, Malick or Lynch or, you know, fucking straight away, easy going Scorsese stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. Well, a big part of I, I, this is that this is supposed to be the first of three stories. Call me by your name. True. So that a be part of it. Um, I actually really like that movie. I was, I'm a sucker for a good love story. And that movie just made me, it was really sad.
0: And um, that song, Mystery of Love, just, I love that song. Solid. That is solid. Yeah, there's some, there's, some, there's some good moments. Timothy's really, really going for it a couple times. Yeah. But, uh, and Sufjan Stevens, yeah, is, is the fucking man and does some, there's some cool music in there. But yeah, overall, I just, yeah, I don't know. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, Darkest Hour is the greatest thing ever or anything. I, I, this group is just kind of neutral to me overall. Yeah,
1: fair enough. Uh, I liked pretty much all of these, uh, except Lady Bird.
0: <laughs> I mean... you yeah, know, I, I I liked them, and I liked uh, Call Me By Your Name, but again, just not really... Uh, not right home about it, you know what I mean?
1: I totally get it. I think it was a very strange choice by the Academy to give Shape of Water Best Honors. I think that's a very oddball film to go with Best Picture. Uh has not aged particularly yeah. well, I don't think.
0: Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> what would you What would you add? Like, what, what's a movie that maybe has aged well to you that, that you would add to the 2017 group? Because there's 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 a lot here when you look on Letterboxd. It's kind of crazy.
1: This one, this may surprise. I think this will probably surprise you because I, I this is one of those I did not expect to put in here. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, yeah, this this deserves to be here. The film that capped off a trilogy. It's war for the planet of the apes.
0: Ooh, a good pick.
1: One of the best revenge thrillers of the decade. And the movie that finally, you know, capped off, a, it capped off a solid trilogy, gave us Andy Serkis as a full blown, intelligent Caesar avenging his family. And it's beautifully acted. It's dramatic. I think the, the finale like makes sense for Caesar's story. Uh, and I just, I, I loved it. I, I, I don't think that film got enough attention. I thought it was beautiful. It, got, it was up for visual effects, but that's it. And I, all three of those are fantastic, but war really changed the game for me and showed me what Andy Serkis is capable of, not just as a, you know, a um, mocap guy, but as a like legitimate, fantastic actor. And hmm. I think that that film could have had a chance here.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. It's a good call. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I remember every second I've seen that in theaters for sure. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, there, this this year I remember just fondly going to the going to the theater a lot, and some of these were so breathtaking, like like Baby Driver, so badass in theaters. Uh, the first It came out in twenty seventeen. Just f- fucking nutty. Uh, this year's really cool. And I just think they could have chosen so many interesting films and just went kind of safe in some areas. Uh, the one I would add, because uh, I, I simply want to make this the most weird group ever, would be uh, Yorgos Lentimos' Killing of a Sacred Deer. Ah! Uh This is a uber, uber dark movie that I think if you really pay attention uh, I think it's a, a story that can can just grab anybody by the nuts, you know. And I think not all of Yorgos stories will always like land, but I think if you're really paying attention, I think killing of a sacred deer has kind of a classic, just creepy, creepy horror element to it that I would have loved to see get rewarded here and recognized here at the, the Academy Awards. Um, but there's 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 plenty of movies from this year that I that I also would have liked to see get a shout, but that that's the one that would kind of make this whole category real, real weird.
1: I was wondering when Yorgos was going to show up.
0: That's, yeah, uh, there he is. There he is.
1: That's a, that was an interesting, weird, creepy movie. Uh, good choice. Definitely would have been cool to see that stand up against the rest of these films.
0: Yeah, just to spice things up. You know. I think a more uh, like textbook like Detroit, Catherine Bigelow's Detroit. Why is that not there? Like That makes no sense. I think uh, Joseph Kosinski's Only the Brave, Josh Brolin and Miles Teller playing Fireman. Yeah, like what? Like, why is that? That's an awesome movie. Why is it not up? Blade Runner 2049. Uh, there's there's plenty of movies that could be there and just weren't the Myrowith story. Uh by Meyerowitz story, sorry, by Noah Bomback, Just great stuff. I like this year a lot. I just think this group left a lot to be uh desired.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I know you've uh, never really been a fan of the shape of water. So what do you think deserves to take best picture here?
0: Easy money, probably the best horror movie of the decade. Get (laughs) out. Uh, No brainer to me. Uh, Get out goes along with a lot of things we've said of just, I mean, I've in the four years it's existed. I've seen it probably 40 times already. I could just watch it over and over and over. Knows exactly what it's doing. has, one of Daniel Kaluuya's best performances of his career so far. One of Catherine Keener's best performances. Uh, those two really, really, really blow me away in that movie. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's horror. So yeah, uh, anytime uh, I'm able to see a horror movie inside of a best picture category, it's going to be hard not to side with it. Uh, and Get Out is, to me like what it is for this decade is on the same kind of level as like what, uh, you know, the exorcist was for the early seventies, you know, uh, and, or what sounds of lambs was for the early nineties. I think, I think we missed a big one here. I think get out. If it would have won, would have been so fucking cool for the legacy of it.
1: I've, uh, I've thought about this one a lot. And, um, I, my first instinct was three billboards. Hmm. and, that's a solid film. But the more I thought about it, the more I couldn't, you know, ignore it. And I, I too would go get out.
0: That, yeah, I think, I think Three Billboards is the typical what you and I are geared to think as a best picture winner. Mm-hmm. But when we're just putting our shit down and we're saying, what's the best movie? I think it's get out. I think it's out of this group. I think it's get out for sure.
1: Just, I, I agree with you that a best picture win for that film would have been game changing and would have really set a whole new standard of what the Oscars are willing to, you know, reward in this new, in this decade. And God, it is such a good movie. It really
0: is a solid, well put together movie. And hour, hour and 40 minute, just fucking Jordan Peele, just shit out a diamond. You know, it's just like, perfect. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then he followed it with us, which I'm not too fond of. I think it's, I think it's okay. I think Lupita might have should have won the Oscar for it, but like, it, but it, but Get Out is is iconic, and it's going to be iconic forever. Shape of Wire is not. <laughs> I agree, and I'm a huge
1: Guillermo fan. But yeah, this was. I, I'm I'm happy he won um, director. I'm glad Guillermo has an Oscar, but. Mm-hmm picture i
0: don't think so yeah no way no way jose uh (laughs) i love i I love talking about that year though specifically i think it's fascinating um 2018 we got green book that won uh you know how i feel about that one i'm not not too fond of green book i think it's okay i think it's pretty average uh This 91st Academy Awards, just a fascinating group. I've said that multiple times, but this one might be the most fascinating out of all the ones we'll talk about. Uh, I mean, you have, yeah, Green Book kind of, uh, again, something that we're geared to think is what an Oscar movie is. We have a through and through superhero movie. Spike Lee is here. We have a movie about Queen. We got Yorgos Lanthimos. Who's actually here. We got Alfonso Cuaron making a movie straight up in Spanish a re a a movie that's been made five times or something (laughs) star is born and then and then adam mckay back at it with uh with vice this is just a bonkers bonkers group um any of these did you see for the first time no you saw all these in theaters huh and then uh roma on netflix yeah yeah so yeah we saw some of these together yeah yes we did yeah so i well actually green book no i saw that by myself Black Panther that came out when we were working together So I saw that Just randomly Black Klansman I saw Oh No I saw Wait the favorite No I saw that with my mom Who did I see the favorite with did I see that by myself oh boy What's <laughs> wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> Oh no I think I did then Roma I watched At home you're right we didn't see any of These together just we saw Them around the same time Yeah I remember working a few of these Oh, good God. I remember working almost all of these. Yeah. Uh, I especially remember working Black Panther just over and over and over. And it's Stars Born over and over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good oh. shit. Uh, what, what would you take out of here? This
1: was really hard because I really liked all of these. And I had to go with my gut. There's just a film that I loved the first time I watched it because I was kind of drawn in and you know kind of tricked by how much i love the music but on subsequent viewings it just hasn't held up and that's bohemian rhapsody
0: that's my pick too yeah
1: yeah it's unfortunate i think it's just you know the fact that rami malik's not singing i think it's poorly edited and
0: i just all the brian singer stuff him being yeah it's not Yeah, just just not a good production overall yeah
1: no, and that's regrettable because, you know, I am a huge Queen fan and I really like I went in loving this movie, but I watched it again and I'm like, this really has some problems.
0: And that's yeah, yeah, definitely. That was kind of easy for me to take out. Um, it's definitely the weak link out of here. Just just doesn't just doesn't belong in a best picture category to uh, 2018. There's a lot of a lot of personal favorites. I know right off the top of my head for both of us. Uh, what'd you pick?
1: I, there was no other film. I mean, hereditary, without a doubt.
0: (laughs) Same. (laughs) Same. We're we're both on the same page here. Take Bohemian out, put another one of the best horror movies of the decade in there.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to go one further. It should have won. Wow.
0: I love that. State your case.
1: (laughs) Hereditary is not just one of the greatest horror films of all time. It's one of the greatest films of the decade. And, a solid family drama, a freakish horror film, all put together in this beautiful gumbo of fright and crying. <laughs> and it's just, it's, you know, every actor is amazing. Tony Collette gives it her all. I feel like I've sung this film's praises more than any film on this, on all of our podcasts. Hereditary comes up randomly from time to yeah. time. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful movie and gets more terrifying every time I watch it, but I always see something else in it. And I think it's a horror film that could have, you know, a a tried and true straight up horror film that nobody could could call a thriller that could have taken best picture and really changed the, the way horror is viewed by the Academy. And that would have been beautiful.
0: God. God, I wish I lived in that world. Fuck. I love Hereditary with all my heart. Yeah, I think, I think it is the movie we've talked about most as friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably The Shining and Hereditary, are the two movies we've talked about the most, just as friends. That just have it's just been brought up, yeah. and that's that's got to tell you something. Uh, <laughs> ugh, I came this close to doing the same thing, but I, but I, I, I really, really, really love Rama. Really, 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 really loved that movie. And I think it might be Alfonso Crohn's masterpiece. And I'm kind of like, I kind of like when that movie wins, you know, we talked about how that didn't like Django might not be Tarantino's masterpiece, but it would be cool if he would have won for it. Well, this could have been all, you know, we could have gotten all eggs in one basket, you know, he won director, but it have been really cool if Roma would have just did what Parasite did and just kind of swept up all of those because it, It is a just a fucking clinic in filmmaking. You know, if you watch Alfonso Cuaron kind of the way his career has gone from one of my favorite movies of the 2000s, E2 Mamatambien, to fucking Harry Potter, you know, Children of Men. He just, one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me, bang, 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 and just has a good attitude the whole time, does his job the right way the whole time. Fuck, made directed my favorite Harry Potter movie of the whole bunch. We already talked about Gravity from 2013 a bit. And then, and, you know, and Roma is just out of this world. And the decision to make it in black and white is something that I think seriously hinders it from people watching it. That sucks. And it sucks. It sucks, but. That is one of the things I thought about when picking this movie. Like, what should have won? I really did think about what what, what movie here. You know, someone's probably more inclined to rewatch. Uh, you know, maybe even Black Klansman or especially Black Panther, or A Star Is Born over Roma. But I, I just that's just not true for me. That's just not true for me, and I hope other people feel the same way. I know you do. I hope people. Just don't give a shit what stigma is around something or if it's got subtitles or this and that. Just just straight up which piece of art floored you the most. And Roma, out of this group, is the one that kind of just, just shatters me. Hereditary <laughs> is probably my favorite movie from 2018, right? My favorite, like you said, it's a horror movie, drama, family drama, just kind of master filmmaking directorial debut from Ari Aster. All these special things around it. And Tony Collette maybe doing the best work of her whole career. All those things are going for it. And so either one, Roma or Hereditary would have that just would have been so fucking special for sure.
1: I hate that there's a stigma around black and white films and films with subtitles that people are just yep. like they see it as boring or foreign and that's just that's fucked up. Art is art. Like, I don't even see like I don't see the black and white anymore. I just see like, am I watching a good movie? Like it's, it doesn't even register to me anymore.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like just not even something I really ponder at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just don't, don't care, but I know people do. And that sometimes affects the way I think about like what should win and what should have won and this and that, those kind of silly conversations. But when I look within myself, Roma from 2018 uh, should have taken home the best picture prize, but of course, registry. Not going to complain about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, to say like, you know, A, I watch everything with subtitles anyway. And B, if I were to say, you know, I don't want to watch black and white films, that's 50, 60 years worth of film. I'm just discounting for no valid reasons. And that's fucking stupid.
0: Yeah. I've met a guy. I didn't meet him. Didn't really feel like meeting him. (laughs) I heard him saying, I heard him saying that he doesn't watch movies. Is that some restaurant. I can't remember. He says, I don't watch movies that are pre-2000. You're like, oh, my God. What the fuck? Why are you even bothering? Yeah, exactly. You're, you don't care about movies? Yeah, what are you talking about? So there's people out there that just have all these, like, just walls up. And I, I, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine hindering myself from watching art. <laughs> I can't imagine it. People like that are
1: the reason we can't have nice things. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know what is nice. You know what is nice is when Parasite won last year. That shit was fucking dope. I hope something really cool happens today at the ninety third Academy Awards. But I want to talk about last year. Bong Joon Ho had his day. Parasite won. You and I watched these live together, and we you know did our predictions and everything. It was very exciting. We saw all the films you know prior to prior to the the ceremony. You know a lot of them in theaters. And we both were like, uh, we think all these movies are good. You know, some of them are fucking great, but 2019, you and I both have multiple times called the best year of the decade as far as Oscars go.
1: Yeah. It's, these films are phenomenal. Three of these we actually did see at the theaters together.
0: Yes. This year we saw a lot more. This is when we were like really doing the podcast uh, doing film guys and trying to do bonus episodes Talking about some of these movies And you and I were both away from Alamo Drafthouse So we were That's where we were going to hang out And then going to Embassy and Bijou And I mean, well let's go down the line um, Parasite I saw at the, the quarry Here in San Antonio uh, They have a theater Where did you see that?
1: I saw Parasite at Drafthouse Park North By myself after work
0: Yeah, but That sounds like a fantastic day. How about 1917?
1: I saw that one at embassy with my mom. Uh, I think that was the first film I saw at embassy or one of the first. Wow.
0: Yeah. I I saw that at embassy as well. Some of my family, Uh, Ford Rush Ferrari. I saw with my dad at embassy.
1: Uh, That was our, I saw that at our draft house with my mom and I think my
0: cousin. Yeah. Uh, Irishman. I watched that on Netflix at home. I,
1: I, I watched that. All right. So when I watched that on Netflix, um, my mom and my grandma and my aunt I think were in Germany uh, Visiting relatives And like the time difference Is like you know flipped so like I was watching It at 3, 4 in the morning And they there it was like 8, 9 O'clock in the morning they were just getting up so I called them Halfway through and was like hey how's Germany And they're like why aren't you asleep and I'm like I'm Neck deep in a Scorsese epic I can't go to sleep
0: Yeah what are you talking about yeah I'm watching the Fucking Irishman <laughs> Jojo Rabbit we saw this one together at Bijou, I believe. Yes, we did. That was a good day. Yes. Uh, Joker. Draft House?
1: Yeah, Draft House with uh, with you and uh, a few of your friends.
0: That's correct. That's correct. Little Women. I saw that one with my mom. I saw that with my grandma. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Marriage Story. That was at home on Netflix. Yep. And then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we also saw with my girlfriend and one of my buddies. Yeah. Uh, ah, yeah. I miss... <laughs> going to the theater left and right for awesome movies every weekend. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, that, that'll be back soon. Um, well, let's, 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 let's dig in. What would you take out of here?
1: That was a difficult decision. These, this was a great year. Oh my God. Uh, but honestly, the Irishman did not live up to my expectations. I thought, you know, it did not need to be almost four hours long and it could have been trimmed down. And it, I thought for what it was, it could have been better. So that's the one I took out.
0: Yeah, same. Uh, I thought it was down to that Joker for sure to take out. Uh, Irishman got some great, great stuff in it. But I'm with you. The runtime, the screenplay, got to be cut down. And the the whole de-aging thing just did not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, just did not work. Uh, on a surface level, just didn't look good. Affected the movie's product value, in my opinion, and took me away. Distracted me. Made me laugh a few times when I wasn't supposed to laugh. Uh, Joe Pesci doing really good stuff in this movie. That's probably what I still think about the most. But overall, not a Best Picture nominee for me. I, I, I really think Scorsese is that big of a name where people are sometimes just fooled. I agree. That's how I felt about silence a few years ago. I like, some, I like some of that one because But I also love stuff that just Dives deep into religion So that's kind of up my alley anyway Like, like First Reformed I almost brought up First Reformed On this project I, I, I love shit that attacks that kind of stuff
1: I've been an atheist my whole life So I've never really had a connection to religion But I totally get, you know, why you yeah. can Kind of see something in that Also um, another
0: reason why Terrence Malick is interesting You know, he's <laughs> a guy who lived in Texas And definitely had some relate uh religion to stuff in play as a kid uh, but yeah i th- i, I kind of knew we were gonna be on the same page here i thought we'd both go joker or both go irishman <laughs> yeah i think you know i, I think
1: al pacino is fantastic in this he was for me the standout but one big issue with the de-aging is like yeah you can make him look 20 but they're still gonna move like 80 year old men because that's who they are
0: <laughs> exactly looked ridiculous ah fucking yeah that's just not for me um out of this jam-packed year, what would you what would you put in what, to make this group uh, more interesting? Take Irishman out. What do you got?
1: Now I know you think I'm going to go Avengers Endgame here, but I'm not.
0: Well, no, no, no. I I, I thought you were going to go Civil War, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame for those three years. I thought you were going to do those three, but no. No, I like.
1: I kind of like that Marvel doesn't have you know Oscar attention beyond visual effects at this point. I'm kind of like you know what mine i mean belongs to me like i'm 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 enjoying these regardless of who the fuck gives them oscars like this is mine
0: well yeah i mean they don't give a shit either they're laughing to the goddamn bank every day yeah exactly (laughs) like hey our tv show our tv show falcon winter soldier makes more money than any of your fucking movies yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so i went with a film that got completely shut out unjustly should have gotten a few nominations and that is uncut gems Mm. yes yes <laughs> just a phenomenal movie about the stupidest man on earth making the worst decisions ever coming out on top and still losing everything the perfect adam sandler drama uh yeah could not say enough about this movie i really wish that this had gotten a little bit more attention
0: uh, yeah this would this would make the Best picture group fucking sing, you know, it would make it 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 would it would define 2019 in, in such a different way, too. If Uncut Gems is there, because that is a movie for the people. People love Uncut Gems. Thank that you. shit when it went on when it went on Netflix, it just fucking bang, bang, bang. Like everybody was talking about Uncut Gems again after a lot of us had already seen it in theaters. And yeah, I thought about that movie long and hard. And Sandler getting shut out has got to stop.
1: I just, I remember that was the, the weirdest the, movie going experience I've ever had. Cause it was a packed house. And yeah, I remember this, yeah. yeah. There was a scene, I think it was the scene where Sandler's girlfriend starts playing with herself or something. And the two yeah. people sitting next to me got up and fucking left. They oh, walked yeah. out <laughs> and I was like, well, that's great more room for me. But I was like, are you serious? Like, Did you not watch a trailer for this? Like, why are you here? This is this is a raw fucking crime thriller. Why else like what did you expect? Fucking grown-ups three? Fuck off.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely fuck off. Pay, like pay attention. Pay attention to the movie world or you're going to get fucked in the ass, especially these days. Filmmakers <laughs> are not messing around. The Safties are not messing around. I almost brought up good time for 2017. Safties are a whole nother, they're a whole another animal. Did you hear Benny Safdie is like really starring in Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie? Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. You know, that's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. The, the fact that that. A Paul Thomas Anderson movie is going to be competing at the 94th Academy Awards makes me very, very happy and very, very happy.
1: We're going to get to cover that whole fucking race on the sneak. peek
0: no i know i'm i just I, all i need is a new pta to talk about for the whole fucking year <laughs> we might have a new Scorsese
1: uh, too he's finally ramping up production on the
0: film he's been working on they, they started filming that one with jesse plemons and leo that looks that's i from what i've read about that set like in oklahoma just uh yeah i'm all in <laughs> i'm all in uh there's been a lot of really cool news almost it's almost too much uh because now they're starting to realize, okay, we're, we got to start making moves now on what we're going to do with these movies that we haven't put out yet, that we got to put out, so we can start making new stuff and putting out new shit and get back on a calendar. It's it's bonkers. Um, I, I love that pick, though, man. Uncut gems. Uh, I'll never forget seeing that one. I, I saw that in, at Embassy. Nobody walked out, but you could sense a uncomfortable, you know kind of vibe going on and I was just fucking grinning ear to ear the whole time. I thought it was, I thought it was great. You know, Kevin Garnett, I thought it was wonderful in that movie for him and Adam Sandler to kind of team up. Yeah. It was like a dream of mine that I didn't know could happen. So <laughs> really cool. Um, I think, you know, where I'm going here. I feel very strongly about Trey Edward Schultz uh, waves from 2019 Ah, what a tough movie. I thought about The Lighthouse for a long time. I think that's one of the best horror movies of the past decade as well. But Waves is my favorite movie from 2019. And I think it kind of embodies a lot of like what the Oscars are all about (laughs) and has some similarities to movies that have been nominated in the past. For whatever reason... There are there are films that just go under some sort of radar. They they don't quite get the um, cultural acclaim that something like *Midsommar* does, where people are just kind of won't shut the fuck up about it to where it's almost annoying. But it also doesn't get the kind of love you know from the uh, awards circuit, you know, awards season doesn't get either you know so just kind of gets caught in no man's land and i think that's what happened to waves i think it wasn't marketed properly maybe or i'm just not quite sure or maybe people just didn't want to see it i thought the trailer was extremely captivating and i I was i was i was all in right away and then after seeing it i i was just me and one lady in the theaters me and one other lady she walked out about halfway through oh my god She walked out. uh, Spoiler alert: uh, She walked out the very middle, the very middle scene when when uh, Kelvin Harrison's character kills his girlfriend. She left when that happened, and so then it was just me in the theater. And I'll tell you, I felt like I was felt like I was just kind of sinking into I don't even know what. Like I was just underwater. The second half of that movie, it's so fucking breathtaking and just does not, does not let off the pedal at all. When you think, oh, the tone of it's a little bit lighter, but it just it just makes you kind of swim in your own, oh, you're just kind of thinking about all these huge, huge, massive questions. And watching Taylor Russell, the second half of the film, her and Lucas Hedges is, is just as daunting as the first half. Uh, I've watched this movie so many times. I feel feel very strongly about it. Wouldn't pick it to win, but I do wish that it would have gotten a little more love. Same same thing for like for uncut gems. You know, you just wish it gets those little recognition points. And, and waves just got zero throughout like every award. <laughs> every award, uh, you know, organization just didn't didn't really care for it. With that being said, love that movie. Um, I don't think it should have won. What what would you pick to win? I think we're both in
1: agreement here that Parasite deserved this one.
0: I'm not really. Uh, Parasite Parasite is great. Love it. Love it to death. There's no way you can take it away exactly. But I, I think I think the strongest movie is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think I think oh. it might be. I think along with Inglorious Bastards, I think is his best movie. It's it's perfect. It's a perfect film, made by one of the perfect filmmakers in in, in our, in our eyes, especially from like an American perspective at the Oscars. It just seems so interesting that that he didn't win for that one. Parasite's great. Fantastic stuff. Bong Joon-ho was overlooked for far too long. And it's really cool that not only did the best picture, but he got to keep going up on stage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that was really cool to see his bushy hair and his glasses and see his smile of just being elated to be there. Uh, his gratitude to get the to get the you know the awards is really cool, and so there is no like oh fuck that that shouldn't have won. But I I think going toe to toe, I think Once Upon a Time is the stronger movie. Well, first off, I can't believe you're gonna make me argue against Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: B, I like that picture after the Oscars where Bong Joon Ho is making two Oscars kiss.
0: Yeah, so good.
1: He's just like, in his own little world, he can't believe he's walking away with four fucking Oscars. Yeah. (laughs) But Parasite is a beautiful, perfectly constructed gem of a movie that comes around once in a generation. That nothing else like Parasite exists. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is fun, and it's enjoyable, but I, I don't see it winning. Whereas Parasite, the fact that it did win means so much to the future of the Academy and, and the future of film, really. Plus, it's so good. Parasite is rewatchable as as fucked. So good. And, Agreed. Yeah, I just I. <laughs> I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really do. But I Parasite made something click in me
0: that has not turned off. And that's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Can't take that away. M- and and my main thing about about it is like, yes, I'm glad Parasite won. It's probably better that it won, for the Oscars' sake and for Americans' uh, ideas about what the Oscars are. <clears throat> but if we are, if in my heart of hearts, if we're going straight up best movie, the way we've just kind of discussed and how hard it is to do that and set aside your biases and set aside, well, this is this affected it what is the best? I, I think once upon a time is just untouchable. <laughs> I, think, I think it's, I think it's perfect. I think, I think so many people disagree with me uh, and disagree with both of us. Cause we both love once upon a time. They're both, you know, it's a 10 out of 10 kind of movie. And, and there's people who hate, hate this movie, you know, think it's, think it's just silly as fuck. They think it's one of Tarantino's worst films. And I, I just, I don't stand for that at all. And while parasite is, pretty much. And from what I've read and seen has pretty much gone unscathed. Everybody loves it. So for that reason, yes, it makes sense that it won. But in my, in my mind, once upon a time is just, it's just a perfect movie. Well, I, you know,
1: I got no argument. against that.
0: (laughs) There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, man. This is, this is one of those years where these two are so goddamn good. I would call it, I would call it the no country. There will be blood syndrome. Like, It's okay. Either one is fine. Do
1: you think we'll ever, in the history of the Oscars, see a Best Picture
0: tie? No, no. There's no way. There's no way. They'll figure out a way to to break that tie before we know what's up. Yeah, we got a Best Actress tie once. Like I don't know. I I know. Long time ago though, sixties. Yeah. I don't know. Cool, cool stuff. It would be cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. Yeah, yeah, man. I love that we go off, uh, go off with a bang. Where yeah, you have to go against Tarantino, <laughs> standing up for standing up for Bong Joon Ho. They both they they both uh, are wonderful filmmakers that have been at it for a long time. So either way, either way, w- what's cool about that is that it, it was a good show. You know, even if Jojo Rabbit would have won, if Marriage Story would have won, I would have been I would have been totally okay.
1: Well, I like that everything got a little something. Take yeah. Except the Irishman, I don't think that won anything
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, well yeah, because Brad Pitt Won the Oscar Like when he set foot on the screen for everybody In July He had already won it, so yeah. <laughs> There's no taking that one away from him
1: Fantastic
0: uh, you want to recap? Yeah, man, yeah, uh, let's see Let's go down, um, just year by year What do you think? Yeah, sure All right, so I'll start uh, 2010. I would take out Winter's Bone, put in Blue Valentine, and Social Network win.
1: Uh, Of 2010, I I would take out Winter's Bone, put in The Town, and True Grit to win.
0: Very nice. 2011, I would take out The Help, put in A Separation, and I think A Separation should have won.
1: I would take out The Tree of Life, put in Warrior, and I think Moneyball deserved that win.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Such a good movie. 2012, I would take out Les Miserables, put in The Master, and I think The Master probably should have won. I take
1: out Beasts of the Southern Wild, put in Seven Psychopaths, and I give Best Picture to Django Unchained.
0: Ooh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, we got 2013, I would take out American Hustle, put in Fruitville Station, and then I think 12 Years a Slave got the win and should have. I
1: take out American Hustle, put in Blue Ruin, and I give Best Picture to Philomena.
0: Hell yeah, I love that. That's such a cool, cool call. 2014, I would take out American Sniper. I'd put in Girlhood, and I think Whiplash definitely should have taken the win.
1: I take out American Sniper, put in Interstellar, and I, too,
0: give the win to Whiplash. Very nice. 2015, I would take out Bridge of Spies, put in Sicario, And I think they got it right with Spotlight.
1: I would take out The Big Short, put in Inside Out, and give Best Picture to The
0: Revenant. Solid, solid. Love the Inside Out. Shout out. Um, 2016, I would take out Lion. I would put in Patterson. And I think they also got it right here with Moonlight.
1: I would take out Arrival, put in Split, and give Best Picture to Hacksaw Ridge.
0: Very nice. 2017. Uh, take out Call Me By Your Name. I would put in the wild card Killing of a Sacred Deer. And I think Get Out definitely should have taken this.
1: I would take out Lady Bird, put in War for the Planet of the Apes. And I, too, think Get Out deserved the win.
0: Hell yeah. 2018. <clears throat> I believe we both said Bohemian Rhapsody to get the hell out of here. We both put in Hereditary. And I said Roma for the win.
1: Yep. Take out Bohemian Rhapsody, put in Hereditary, but I would give Hereditary the win.
0: Beautiful. And last but not least, the 92nd Academy Awards, I would take out The Irishman, put in Waves, and I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood should have won.
1: And I would take out The Irishman, put in Uncut Gems,
0: and I think the Academy got this right with Parasite taking the win. Very, very nice. Oh, man, that was an absolute blast. If you're still with us, thanks for hanging in there. We love doing these kind of projects where we can kind of throw everything out on the table. I feel like we got to talk about so many fucking movies. Ah, so great. <laughs> and uh there's some surprises there, also some stuff that we just both kind of knew about each other and that's that's some of the fun is that anticipation. <laughs> Hell yeah,
1: this was so much fun. I love doing shit like this. It changes up the week, gives me something to prep for and it's always a, you know, a surprise. That's that's the
0: best exactly exactly and today is you know is the Oscars right and next week I want to do a movie from today's ceremony we got to do a movie from today's ceremony I'm hoping I'm really hoping it it it, uh, it gets Thomas Vinterberg <laughs> a best director win. I don't think it is but it will probably win best international feature film whatever the fuck it's called these days uh <laughs> I I, uh, really want to talk about another round next week. It's one of my very favorite movies from the past year or so from, from the, I would say from the COVID, you know, movie season, it's, it's one of my favorites for sure. And I know you haven't seen it yet. And so I, I, I want to do it sooner than later. I want to do it next week. I want to give the 93rd Academy Awards, not only tomorrow, are they going to get their own whole fucking show on sneak preview, I want to also give it a week to, to breathe and next o- Oscar Sunday for episode 48, Jesus, it'll be, it'll be, yeah. Another round, uh, 2020 Thomas Vinterberg, Mads Mickelson, buckle up, come back next week after the Oscars have happened and we take some time to think about it.
1: I think this is an excellent choice. I have deliberately held off on watching this one so I can have my first reactions for next week's show. Uh, So excited to do our post Oscars breakdown on the sneak preview tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Caleb and I are bringing you Cabin Fever on the Film Guys podcast, and of course the Giggle Guys, uh, whatever they're cooking up. We never know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we never know. On Friday, Uh, uh, Friday for the Giggle Guys is uh, just the uh, has become a total wild card in our kind of rotation, and I fucking love it. They just did Pop Star on Friday. Hilarious movie that I kind of forgot about They they, were, they reminded me of some things That I just <laughs> was almost You know I was literally laughing out loud uh, Thinking about that fucking movie
1: <laughs> Yeah it's been a long time since I saw pop star But you know you don't see a lot of <laughs> pop culture characters With the name Connor so I latch on to those guys <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's
0: fantastic
1: Oh this was fun um, Yeah in a few hours We will be watching the Oscars
0: And I cannot fucking
1: wait it's Super Bowl time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely our Super Bowl Sunday, Oscar Sunday, uh, a day where we hope that there's, there's really good decisions made and there's also, you know, some fun speeches, but we're also interested in how Steven Soderbergh is going to kind of run this whole thing. So, yeah, today, today is very exciting.
1: And regardless, you know, however upsetting the winners are, a lot of films are about to become a permanent part of movie history and Oscar history. And that is exciting to us.
0: It's very exciting. And it's also a way we can pinpoint what we want to do on this show. Uh, Because like, you know, we're going to cover another round. Eventually we're going to cover a bunch of the movies from 2020 and 2021. So uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait, man.
1: Fuck. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this one. This one was very cool and very fun and uh, we will see you next Sunday. you. Mm-hmm.